Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So last week, on a Friday evening, Anheuser-Busch put out a non-apology statement where they just said, you know, we didn't mean to be divisive. Thank you and have a nice day. They also, through Budweiser, released an ad showing a horse running across America and then whinnying or whatever it's called and talking about patriots because, yeah, the boycott is bad for them. They're worried about it. Their stock was skyrocketing this month. Now it's dipping back down, dropped five points in the past week. While comparably other beer companies aren't doing so bad, they're actually seeing an increase. So Don Jr. comes out and says, everybody stop. You got to stop boycotting Anheuser-Busch over their sponsorship of Dylan Mulvaney. And he said they actually donate a lot to conservatives. Well, guess what happened? As predicted, here we are. The non-apology statement has resulted in a backlash where the left has now come out. Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg on The View said to Anheuser-Busch, don't let them scare you. Let us scare you. And isn't that exactly what I've been saying for the past two and a half weeks? That Anheuser-Busch needs to issue an apology to make the statement that they are more concerned about their own customers, supposedly the people they support, than they are far left extremists. I think the story here is more than just Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light. The story is the left is, is a, a, in my view, victim of the algorithmic decay. We are seeing, who's, who's, who was that, you? Oh, so what we are seeing is the algorithm promoting and manipulating content, making people go crazy, and for no logical reason, the view defending that because they're tribalist zombies. We on the other end are saying, hey, the algorithm is plaguing people's minds, making teenagers depressed, and you shouldn't advertise alcohol uh, to minors. And for some reason, Whoopi Goldberg is so angered by that thought, she went on her national television show and said, Budweiser, you better not. You should fear us. So this is interesting. We also got a bunch of other stories in Chicago for four nights in a row. We had mass riding, what's called the teen takeover. In Los Angeles, the street takeovers are getting worse. And roving bands of, I guess, marauders are smashing up businesses and stealing stuff. And in Chicago, they tried breaking into the Art Institute and got shot. Wow. What a crazy past weekend, I suppose. So we're going to talk all about that. Before we do, head over to castbrew.com. This show is brought to you by Cast Brew Coffee, which is our coffee company. Pre-orders are available now, and the coffee is expected to ship by May 5th, currently in production. So order it now. You can get your Rise with Roberto Jr. breakfast blend or your Appalachian Nights. And then after it officially launches, we're going to be rolling out a bunch of other blends. And this is a component of the coffee shop that we currently have underway. We bought the building. It's ready to go. They're just doing plumbing installation, countertops, permitting, and all that stuff. So hopefully in a few months... Let's be real, six to eight months, we'll have a coffee shop open in West Virginia, and we'll be selling you Cast Brew Coffee. But instead of taking sponsorship from other companies, we sponsored ourselves. So go to castbrew.com. But also, don't forget to go to timcast.com, click that Join Us button, become a member, and then you will get access to the uncensored members-only portion of the Timcast IRL show Monday through Thursday at about 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time every night. We need a few minutes to get it going live after the main show, and you will also get access to our Discord server. Where if you sign up for at least six months or at the $25 level, you can actually submit questions and call into the after show. 
It's a whole lot of fun and the best part of the day, in my opinion. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all of this and more is Xavier DeRusso. Thank you for having me. Uh, who are you, good sir? I'm Xavier DeRusso. I'm here from Los Angeles. I'm a PragerU personality and doing everything we can to fight this culture war. I think what's uh, what was really interesting about your story is that, and, and you just basically told me the gist of it before we went live, you were a Black Lives Matter supporter, an activist, who was trying to debunk Candace Owens and then accidentally debunked yourself. Yeah, I was casted for a big reality show. I had been woke my entire life. My family's pretty far left. And when I was going on that show, I wanted to study all the current arguments. So I made a list of different things I wanted to debunk from PragerU, from Candace Owens. And I ended up dismantling my entire indoctrination narrative instead. Wow. So I backed out of the show and started speaking on conservative values. Wow, that's amazing. All right, well, we got a lot to talk about. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. We got Phil Labonte. Hello, I am Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary. How you doing, Brett? Oh, how's it going, guys? Yes, my name is Brett Dasovic, uh, Monday through Friday. I am the host of Pop Culture Crisis right here on YouTube.com. It's at 3 p.m. I'm sitting in for Ian tonight. I don't quite have his his hair or his gravitas, but I'll do my best. We'll just need you to talk about graphene at least. Yeah, one we've got graphene here, so I can, okay, I can channel that. We got that. All right, right on. And we got Surge pressing the buttons. Yo, what's up, guys? All right, let's jump into this first story from Yahoo News. Whoopi Goldberg to Anheuser-Busch on conservative backlash. Don't let them scare you. Let us scare you. Oh, boy. I love I love Whoopi Goldberg in The View just overtly threatening terror against uh, uh, their political opponents. Okay, I'm being a, a bit hyperbolic on that re in that regard. Here we go. Whoopi Goldberg and her co-host on ABC's The View weighed in today on the recent Buzzwire, uh, Buzzwire, Budweiser controversies, reminding the beer maker that as the show's as the show's Navarro said, members of the LGBT community are Americans, too. The conversation follows conservative backlash and calls for boycott over their partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. Goldberg beginning the hot topic deb debate by noting that Budweiser was her beer of choice before she quit drinking. Oh, before she quit, huh? <laughs> Asked what conservatives are so angry about. Beer is not a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't have a belief system. It's just beer. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's because Dylan Mulvaney is the embodiment of what I call Elsa Gate 2.0, the algorithmic manipulation resulting in chaotic nonsense content. And then Bud Light was like, I got an idea. Let's fund more of this decay and promote booze to children. And so I'm just like, bro, everything about what you're doing is a bad thing. But here's the best part. The VP of marketing for Budweiser admitted their goal was to out market alcohol to kids. She was like, it's, a, it's an old dying brand and we got to get young people like, oh, is that what you're saying? Because Dylan Mulvaney's audience are like 15 years old. You can just, go just Google it. The average user of TikTok is under 21. That's all that matters. And then obviously Dylan Mulvaney's audience is not a bunch of 50 year old dudes. It's a bunch of 15 year old kids. That's why I'm mildly perturbed. I don't know about you guys. It blows my mind that Dylan Mulvaney has a, an audience of teens. I, I don't see what I'm, I'm, I'm not a teen, but I don't see what is actually. Whoa, 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 whoa hold on. Is like, about a like why a teen teens, teen, like teenagers, in my opinion, aren't seeking out <clears throat> something of, of uh, like they're being recommended things. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not walking to a library and being like and, and saying, like, give me something that's, you know, in the vein of a dystopian. No, they're showing up. The teachers being like, here's the book to read. They're seeing the commercials, seeing the ads. They're young people. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying young people are learning and developing and being influenced by their older peers. So what's happening is TikTok, 
is putting Dylan Mulvaney in front of people, more and more people. That's why I don't like that they're giving Dylan Mulvaney sponsorship. Your your argument is that the algorithm is being is what's presenting this stuff to kids, but you all the algorithm responds to what people continue to watch, right? I would say yes and no, right? So if you go on Instagram, you'll see the, the, the algorithm feeding you a bunch of stuff based on what you like. But periodically, it sends me stuff I have no idea why. It's, it's testing the waters with certain content. You could argue that with TikTok, they put this content out there and it got a response, right? But the reality is we already know from, and now especially from the Twitter files, they put their thumb on the scales and they choose what is or isn't allowed. And if we go back to the... Uh, Rogan experience conversation that I had with Jack Dorsey and Vijigade, they explicitly said they were protecting this community and not other communities. So they outright were like trans content is under our overt and explicit protection. That means that if Dylan Mulvaney made, if Dylan Mulvaney came out with like a, a video debunking critical race theory, it's not going to get play. Tim Cast IRL on TikTok banned because they choose we aren't allowed. Dylan Mulvaney gets protected and or promoted. And I'll give you an example. I was talking to these people last weekend about exactly this and why Dylan Mulvaney is bad. And the easiest way to explain it is, first, regular people like Whoopi Goldberg and default liberals look at Dylan Mulvaney and they're like, it's just a trans person. But Dylan Mulvaney is not. Dylan Mulvaney, I don't believe is trans. I think it's all just part of the algorithmic machine. The example I use is how young girls are developing Tourette syndrome. Have you guys seen this story? Mm -hmm. Yeah. From, tic, from Twitter, uh, I'm sorry, from Instagram and TikTok, teenage girls started seeing massive spikes in Tourette ticks because what happened was a few young women with Tourette syndrome got prominent followings and they would make these videos where they would be like, sometimes it's, it's like, a, and then I'm trying to talk and then they started, young girls started imitating this content and actually developing this social behavior and making more and more content about it. That is exactly what Dylan Mulvaney is. Dylan Mulvaney gets fed this content, tries to make content that will get Dylan Mulvaney famous, figures it out, and it's creating a feedback loop that is melting people's brains. Now, with the Tourette thing, we know Tourette's is not good. We don't have people coming out being like, you, you, if a child identifies as having Tourette's, you should affirm them. No one's arguing that. But when it comes to what Dylan Mulvaney is doing, they are all defending, defending it and arguing for more. So here's where we are. I, I want to just to get the conversation going. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Goldberg and The View on the Left has realized they're losing this one. And they have made it explicitly clear to Anheuser-Busch, fear us. Because all, all, all I said was this, guys, don't buy Bud Light. Don't buy Anheuser-Busch. You don't got to go protest. You don't got to make a phone call. You don't got to do anything other than buy a different beer. Easiest thing in the world. And they know, and to respond to that, they have to make sure they remind Anheuser-Busch that they engage in violence and terror. As an anecdote, I, I've seen some of my friends that are that, that are left leaning uh, have a little pushback on the the Bud, you know, Bud Light uh, boycott. And 
I feel like the the pushback is because it's it's effective, and it's not. I don't think that it's going to have a significant effect yeah. on their bottom line. It's not going to be a monetary victory, but it's going to be a, something where it's going to inhibit other brands from doing this kind of stuff. Because you know, I mean, June is only you know a month and a half and away away, and it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, everything's going to be pride for all, the whole month. So I think that this is more about mes- messaging to brands. Hey, look, you know, at least at least a little bit pull back on it, maybe, I guess. It, did, I think that that's what, that article, what they're going to pick up. Did that article also say that beer isn't doesn't uh, know a political party have they ever been to a microbrewery like oh. have you ever like i if you went and polled the people at a microbrewery about who their political uh who their po- political affiliations are who do you think that would it be does, they it, don't, it, the brewery, it, it may not have a political opinion no. but it knows that it's better than yeah. you at the very least that's the one thing that i thought she said that was correct beer should not have a political party i don't need every single product that i get to have a political party attached to it but what budweiser just did was the dumbest thing i've ever done or ever seen i've never seen a company shoot themselves in both feet so quickly <laughs> well i i i would agree with you maybe a, a, two years ago but now i'm like no i demand all of my products just come out right now and say trump 2024 and fly american flags that's it if 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 a company comes out and they're selling flip-flops and they got american flags i'm buying them because i'm, I'm at a point where I'm sick of people like Whoopi Goldberg. I'm sick of what Anheuser-Busch did. If Anheuser-Busch just said, I don't know or care, here's beer, I'd be like, well, it is what it is. But they decided to get involved, and then they, apparently, they give more money to Republicans. Don Jr. pointed that out and yeah. said, stop boycotting them. And I'm like, no, no. If they, if, if they know that Republicans butter their bread to the point where they give more to Republicans, then they should come out and say, along with the money we give you, we're going to apologize for pissing you off. They could not even do that. But you said, Phil, you don't think it's going to be monetary? I'll tell you what, what, is, what is bad. There's that, uh, what's that guy's name? Riley Green, the country singer. Yep. We had a story on TimCast.com. He had a line in his song where he said, the cooler is always full of Bud Light or whatever. He changed the lyrics at a performance <laughs> to they're always full of Coors Light. <laughs> and, and look, some people might find that silly, but that does matter to a brand. You were so iconic that a, a, a famous country music song referenced your brand. That's something you cannot buy. And you've pissed off people to the point where now your rival, your competitor mm-hmm. is getting that value. That's bad. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Coors stock going up because of this. So now the question is, as we enter the fray in terms of the brand's civil war, how far does this go? You know, like I'm saying... If I'm going to buy a bottled water, I'll just, I'm, I'm going to order Trump water. Can I order Trump water from now on? Trump's, Trump, you know, Trump's got his own bottled water brand for his hotel chain. I'm just going to order that and we're going to have it in the basement. You could probably get it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Well, we need to stand firm on this boycott because one problem with the right is we always give up our own power. Like, why is yeah. it that we're so quick to just end these boycotts? We don't hold these companies accountable. And then we're shocked when we see the left continues to win and the left continues to pull them over because Whoopi said it herself. They shouldn't be scared of us. They should be scared of them. That is very intentional. And they're winning because they'll actually try to cancel a company. They'll stop putting their dollars towards something. But conservatives, we always choose convenience. 
there's more infrastructure on their side to just hold out and hold through for us, for a lot of companies like this comes up a lot when we talk a lot about the TV shows and stuff that we review, right? Because it's very easy to say that you're not going to watch anything from Disney or you're not going to watch anything from these companies or Netflix. But at the end of the day, if part of your job requires you to actually end up reviewing their content because it's still held in the public, you know, in the public eye is something to talk about. It's very hard to get away from that. And like you said to yourself, uh, yes, well, I'm saying it's, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a boycotter in that respect. A lot of times I'll hold the product accountable. If I don't like the product that's being made with whether, whether it's movies or television, I will call it out for what it is when it's bad. But for a lot of those things, I don't do the boycott cause I don't find that it's, uh, I don't find it effective cause these companies seem to exist in a post profit era. Anyways, it doesn't feel like no matter how much we now you said they've lost like what, 6 million or 6 billion. It was 6 in value. something billion, it, 10 billion dollars. Every time that we talk about this with Disney or something like that, they fire a few thousand workers and then next year they're just right back where they were before. And I just, I don't see it. Maybe it just needs to be held at a stronger pressure point for a longer period of time. But I do think that we overestimate this is, our, go ahead. I'm going to say this is, this is why it's like the most important culture yeah. war battle. It's too easy. Yeah. It's too easy. It's too easy for me to be like, Hey everybody. You want to help win the culture war? Buy a different beer. That's it. You don't got to stop drinking. Yeah. You don't got to uh, go to a different bar. When you go to the bar, you sit down and say, but no, uh, uh, what do we got? A Coors. And it's why it's so important that companies like Daily Wire and Eric D. July are making their own products. Obviously, I'm talking in a different medium here, but making an alternative to what you're being fed by these companies is extremely important. I don't think Bud Light did this stunt for consumer profit, though. I think they're just trying to raise their social credit score, essentially, yeah. because these big corporate investing firms, they are all about that the social credit score. And it's called, a, I believe it's a Consumer Equality Index, or I forgot what the C is, Corporation Equality Index. And that's like one of the most weighing factors in the social credit score that these companies have. Mm. And that CEI, it was founded by the biggest LGBT lobbying group in 2002. And so then Bud Light would already is like a formerly extremely pro-America group. And a lot of these people hate America is probably already seen as in the negative. So they have to like earn their way back forward. Exactly. Well, yeah. Take a look at this. It's not just a boycott. Right now, Anheuser-Busch is accused of racist and sexist hiring practices that prioritized minorities in complaint filed by Trump advisors legal group during the Dylan Mulvaney firestorm. You know, Anheuser-Busch could have just stayed out of this whole thing. After they accidentally stepped in it, they could have just apologized. They didn't. And now, not only are they being uh, targeted by The View, Whoopi Goldberg, they're now facing a lawsuit from America First Legal. They say the group claimed that companies are using the cloak of equity to proudly discriminate based on race, color, national origin, and sex in their employment practices. AFL, who's president and C uh, America First Legal, whose president and CEO is a former Trump advisor, Stephen Miller, sent a complaint letter to the St. Louis, Missouri office for the EEOC requesting an investigation into Anheuser-Busch's programs. Amazing. Look at this. What is this? Brewing scholarship. <laughs> Developed in partnership with UNCF, the annual scholarship program supports 25 black college students pursuing degrees ranging from business to food science that could lead to a career in the brewing industry. So is, is that what they're being targeted like these, these uh, scholarships? They say one is the Leadership Accelerator Program, which advises 
it, which advertises that it provides formal mentorship, executive interaction, and leadership development curriculum for those who identify with historically underrepresented groups as they join our organization in a full-time capacity. It only encourages people of black, Native American, and Latino origins to apply. There you go. This is not a regular corporate program. Rather, the company describes the role as focusing on hiring the next generation of leaders within the North American Sustainability and Procurement Department. In other words, it is a fast-track program to executive leadership positions at Anheuser-Busch, and it is limited to candidates based on race. The pro forma equal opportunity employer language at the end of the posting does mask the company's discriminatory intent and purpose. Interesting. Now they're getting hit over what basically tons of companies are doing, but good on uh, America First Legal, I guess. These diversity quotas are nothing new and affirmative action surely isn't new. And when those were created, they weren't supposed to last this long. But now it's created what I basically call black privilege, where we are given all these opportunities just because of the color of our skin. And I feel like it's such an outdated concept that it shocks me that you still have companies that are going so out of their way to push for minorities as if minorities can't be successful on our own right. It's honestly insulting to me. And I feel like it's going to continue until I honestly feel like white people are going to have their own version of like a civil rights movement just because these racist things just keep happening in these companies. I, I think it's going to result in heightened racial tension, people fighting, and then you've already seen people claiming to be like white rights movement, like stuff like the past several about. years. And they're making these arguments like, hey, you know, a poor white dude who wants to go to college shouldn't have barriers placed in front of them. In response, the media just says, you're a white supremacist. That so, is, that oh, is so bad. <laughs> like All of it? The, all of it. And like <laughs> the idea of like having people start, ha having people start, having white people start saying we need a white you know, uh, affinity group and, and have to have that kind of stuff for white people. That is a terrible idea. It's a horrible idea. Be if only because the left is going to say racist they're, the, they're, they're, and, and everyone's going to believe it. And you're going to look like absolute, yeah. like straight up cross burning racists. And it's very hard to get rid of these programs because not only do they get employees like, like Donald Glover got hired at NBC for cheap because he was hired through like a diversity excellence program, right? And it comes with great publicity because half their jobs are just going to these luncheons where they go to the, you know, and they go pat each other on the back and they lead to articles that are written in trade magazines. So they get all this good publicity on top of hiring someone that's subsidized. So it's very hard to get rid of those programs. In regards to white rights and all that stuff, I think it's, I, I think it's a bad idea for, I, I agree with you, Phil, but at the same time, we're getting to a point where if you want to get into certain universities, they're, they're, they're giving benefits to people based on race. Yep. And it's making it harder for, so, so look at it this way. They want at these universities what they claim is called racial parity, where it's like, okay, so if the country's 13% black, 7% Asian, you know, whatever, that's what's going to be in the schools. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is they're giving like 20%, 20%, 20%. And so certain people of certain races are getting boosted up. Certain races are getting pushed down. Asians especially are getting pushed down. Don't be surprised then if you start seeing groups of people who claim to be white rights and they're not white supremacists. 
you, like you, there's a distinction. A white supremacist, a person who thinks that they're racist superior versus a white rights person who is making the argument that like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a lower income carpenter. My kid wants to go to college and they're saying he can't. Yeah. And you now know, you're going to get that those people making those advocacy groups. You know, the de- you were talking about the default left this morning today on one of the things the default left is going to hear that and they're going to think racist. They're not going to matter. Uh, I, my, yes, my I know. But that's going to make the America worse. It's right. going to make people. It's like. Yeah, but it's th- th- this is just Off. to me dominoes falling over. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You're, you're, you're not. So you've already seen the Asian groups coming out because of Harvard and affirmative action stuff. The SAT scores for like the average Asian has to be like you're, you have to score like 1300 mm. because they're like, well, there's too many Asian people, which is, in my opinion, insane. If you get if you pass pass. And so, yeah, you're going to start seeing more and more of these groups of people. They'll, maybe they'll try and mask it. They'll call it like Irish affiliation or something like that. But it's going to be some kind of white rights thing. Yeah. You're going to see lawsuits like this. They're going to be called white supremacist. But I will say, perhaps the reason we won't see those groups forming is because Republicans are too scared of the left. So they won't call it that. They'll call it America First Legal. You know, where, where I'm not arguing that America First Legal is fighting on behalf of white people. I'm saying they're going to give it names mm. like the, the American Pride you know, rights organization. Even or something the word like that. patriot has been turned into something that they find to be despicable. They're and try- synonymous with racism. They're trying to do that with the Betsy Ross yeah, flag. Absolutely. Like they has did that. Yeah. Well, they tried to. Who was it? Like was it Colin Kaepernick who got that shoe? Yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah. And it's like it was I I know there were people I definitely responded with a picture of Barack Obama with the Betsy Ross flag behind him when he was inaugurated. It's like, give me a break. Founding flag. So ridiculous. I mean, they still do the same thing with the Gadsden flag. And you have to explain to them that it has nothing to do with that, that it was a revolutionary. But they're lying on purpose. No. Yeah. They're just trying to trample over the things that remind people of what this country was founded upon. Mm -hmm. The Gadsden flag is individuality, you know. And, and resisting tyranny, liberty, and things like that. And they want to turn liberty into fascism. They, they, just, they, they lie, cheat, and they steal. That's what they do. 100%. And that's why they win, because they have no morals and because they, they have no problem with breaking the rules if it means that they're... We were just talking about this today. Okay, they, they have race-swapped, uh, or they've made a colorist move for the casting of Lilo and Stitch. It sounds off, but it, it, it tracks <laughs> back. Okay, yeah. so the, they casted a woman who is uh, not Polynesian to play a character to play Lilo's mom in Lilo and Stitch, right? And they don't care, and the, and the lady basically makes the argument, She's it's okay to race swap Ariel in The Little Mermaid because it benefits black people to now have representation in this field, but it doesn't benefit a minority group if we do it this way. They literally just admit it doesn't matter if we're being hypocritical. Yes. We're we're right because our end goal is more righteous That's than That's the yours. logic of right. Herbert yes. Marcuse. That is the logic yeah. of the left. Yeah, today. exactly. It's Herbert Marcuse. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that woman that got cast was actually Polynesian. She's just, I think, Polynesian and part white. So they were saying that she just wasn't dark <laughs> no, enough no, for the character. No, um, no, she's um, <laughs> Filipino, I believe. She, uh, I don't I, I don't believe she's Polynesian. But oh, she's okay. born in Hawaii. So she's, a, by all for all intents and purposes, that's why they're not calling it racist. They're calling it colorist. So it's different. It's about shades, not about actual racial makeup. So there's one thing that I want to point out. Like people talk about, there was a lot of people talking about critical race theory and everyone was saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. You don't know what it was and it's not this or whatever. There, one of the things that, that critical race theory talks about is having a critical consciousness awoken, yeah. a critical racial consciousness. When you awaken a critical racial consciousness in white people, they, they essentially are saying, look, you should feel bad. That's yeah. the whole thing. Uh, the white fragility book, the book makes that argument. There's going to be an amount of people that are going to be like, well, I don't feel bad. 
You know, and they're going to be like, well, okay, so now I'm going to have a white affinity group and I'm going to join it and I'm not going to feel bad. And Jordan Peterson made this argument, you know, six, seven years ago that like there's going to be a certain if you focus on race all the time, which is the illiberal thing to do, the liberal thing to do, the, the, the enlightenment ideas is that the individual matters. If you focus on the individual, you'll be fine. But if you focus on races, then races are going to start to, to do it more and more. And it, it's it ends up creating more and more segregation in your, in your society. It's a terrible idea. They hate focusing on the individual. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I feel like that's what they're already doing. Because I always call critical race theory just critically looking for racism into everything. Where we're told as young children, especially as a young black kid, you're told to look at the differences between the person or you and the people next to you. Instead of realizing like, oh, we have so much in common. We have all these different cultural aspects that might be different, but they're cool. We can learn about each other's cultures. Instead, we're told to basically hate our neighbor, hate the person next to us if they're not the same color as us. I don't understand how anybody can feel that that is productive to put into the minds of kids. And you know it's not because these educators are hiding it in curriculum. They're calling it all kind of other things. They're calling it ethnic studies or sometimes they just call it something that has nothing to do with CRT, but they're still putting it in the curriculum. Well, let me ask you about your experience. So your story is you're a Black Lives Matter activist cast onto a reality show, started doing your research for the show and then debunked yourself. And now, what, do you consider yourself conservative, I guess? Yeah, I'd say conservative. I have some things I lean libertarian on, but overall, I'd say conservative. So how did this happen? What, what is this? So basically, it was in 2020. Um, I was in the process for the show already when everything happened with George Floyd. And then after that, they started wanting even more footage of just the things that I was working on as far as being a BLM activist, because I was doing it before it even blew up. Uh, so in that process, I, w I found a Candace Owens video actually on accident. And I was so mad at what she said because she said only in the black community do we take our lowest common denominator and make that the forefront of our community. So I was so enraged by that because I thought about it and I'm like, she's pretty much right. So I started listing out like different PragerU videos I found because she was working heavily with PragerU at the time. And I just tried to debunk everything. I was leaning towards being a socialist even at that time too. So with socialism, with CRT, with cultural appropriation, just one by one, I'm watching these five minute videos on PragerU.com or I'm watching Candace Owens videos and I just realized, wow, I've been lied to about everything. My entire perspective growing up black and feeling like I had to root my identity in my blackness was really just a sham. And it was taught to me for strategic purposes is what I look back at it as. So so what was what were some of the stuff you were working on as a BLM activist? Like what were you doing? Um, so I was online advocating a lot like I wasn't like a huge name as a BLM activist, but I was definitely helping organize some local events. I was always posting on Instagram about, oh, like this is racist. This is what a microaggression is like <laughs> pretty much teaching people to look at every single thing as racist. And when I look back at those old videos and clips that I had, I just cringe. Oh, man, there's nothing. So, the left organizes so much better. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. But, infinitely but, better. But it was like, it was mainstream and popular, so it was easy, I'd imagine, right? Like you turn on the news and they're telling you exactly what you want to hear. 
Well, 2020, it was. It definitely wasn't 2020. Before that, it was still was people were leaning towards my direction or they couldn't tell me I was wrong because they still even before George Floyd didn't want to be called racist. But at the time, yeah, I hadn't I didn't have much pushback and I would have conversations with conservatives and people on the other side of the aisle. And it was interesting that I didn't get the hatred that I now receive being on the other side, like being a conservative and trying to have these exact same conversations with liberals they don't want to talk to me. Or if they do talk to me, it's such an angry conversation that's so based in emotion that it's so hard to get logic into the conversation. So you're watching these Candace Owens video. You mentioned that uh, she she made the argument that the black community, how did you how did you describe it? Uh, we lowest take, common denominator. Yeah, we take the lowest common denominator and make that the forefront of our community. You still see that today. Look at people like Cardi B putting put on the pedestal that she's on. That's terrifying. You have a stripper who notoriously was drugging men and robbing them and doing all these different things. And guess who decides to interview her? Joe Biden. Joe Biden wants to give her a platform because that's how he feels that he can reach the black and Hispanic communities. And that's very telling on how the left views people of color, that he went and got someone that was borderline illiterate to be the person to convey his different talking points. I do think it's fair to point out, though, I, I think everybody elevates the lowest common denominator because it sells. But that being said, I mean, if you compare Cardi B and Joe Biden, Joe Biden is corrupt and crooked and represents like the worst of American political, the political class, as does Hillary Clinton. And then here he is sitting with Cardi B. I mean, I think in that respect, I like Cardi B more than Joe Biden. I mean, hasn't she come out and said some stuff that's actually fairly based? She did call out the Dalai Lama for the weird stuff about, <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. Uh, she did say that that was weird. So she's got that going for her. She said a, a couple different things. Didn't she like call out inflation, taxes, inflation uh, and stuff like that? she's like, my grocery bill has gone up by like 500%. Yeah. yeah. I, I think she might just be like, I, I think the issue is not so much Cardi B, but you're right in the elevation of like, what I, lowest common denominator stuff, or I should say Candace Owens was right. So what, when you heard that, that pissed you off because you didn't believe it or what? It did, because then I started thinking specifically about George Floyd at the time. And when you look at, back at his character and the kind of person he was, and even just the tragedy of what happened to him, when you look back at all of that, what about him was worth putting him on murals, putting him on all these buildings when you drive through these cities? People have tattoos of George Floyd. There's probably going to be streets <laughs> named after him if there aren't already. It, it's creepy. I'm from Minnesota, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm from that area, right? Ooh. And it's, it's weird, too, because you think about it, and I'm like, if you get a tattoo of somebody like that if you haven't at least done a cursory look into like their social media history like you are owned by the media like if, if you yeah. if you're going to get somebody tattooed on you or you're going to evangelize someone to that level right you should at the very least have a general understanding you could make the argument that look i'm not tattooing him i'm tattooing what his death represents you could make that argument i still think it's a bad argument it's weird but you should at least look into what they're doing most people aren't they just they don't realize it and they're not looking any deeper into it. Were you were you weren't religious, I'd imagine, then, were you? I am. You were well, I always have been. Oh, but interesting. Back then it wasn't as like devout as it is now. Yeah. It's definitely grown in the last couple of years. You start to learn stuff. Yeah. I only ask because there was that mural of George Floyd on the wall <laughs> that got struck by lightning and it was just the George Floyd part. And I'm just like, dude, that I don't know, man. God, it's like, so good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I don't I I'm not gonna prescribe good, bad, or whatever. It just happened. Like I, 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 I just love getting an opportunity to talk about this happening. There was a building. They painted this big mural on the whole wall. Right in the middle was George Floyd. And for some reason, lightning struck the wall and blew up the brick portion with just George Floyd on it. And I'm just, I'm just freaked out. People have to stop playing with God. God's yeah. not here to play. <laughs>
That's crazy. I mean, false idols or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to the point where people are tattooing George Floyd on themselves. And yeah, look, man, it's like we can we can lament criminal justice and degradation of culture. We can lament this dude was doing a, was chewing on a speedball or whatever. We can we can say it's upsetting that he died and all that stuff. But to the point where people put tattoos on their body of this guy, they build statues for him. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, but people have done the same thing with Trayvon Martin oh, and yeah. all that stuff. So that's not going anywhere. So it's kind of what happens when the it's media becomes... Yeah, well, not that, but the, the media turns real-life people in real-life tragedy into celebrity because you don't know where your television ends and where the actual news story begins. So real-life people who have gone through real-life experiences, whether good or bad, are now the idols of certain people, especially people that are very, very aware of what's going on in the news or think they are. I still don't think Trayvon Martin was the best comparison to George Floyd though, even though it's all under that BLM umbrella, like there were similarities like you said. Yeah, of course. Um, Back in 2008, I believe. Um, uh, well, it was later than that. 12? 12, was it? 13? 2014, I thought. 12 was Mike Mao. No, yeah, that was, okay. Yeah, I think it was 20, I think it was like 2013 or something. Yeah, I'm not sure about Trayvon, but I know that Mike Brown was 2012. If I'm, I'm no, 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 no. Mike Brown no. was 2014, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but George Zimmerman, the person who yeah. killed Trayvon Martin, didn't have any type of, I guess, just need yeah. to protect society. I still feel like he's a pretty terrible person. George Zimmerman himself has a really bad track record, so I don't That's think true. it's as comparable <laughs> um, with like... Uh, Derek Chauvin. Necessarily. Michael Brown would have been the uh, better example of the one. That, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's that's the better example that I'm thinking. Of. But those those people, those real life people, have now been turned into a form of celebrity that people worship. And whether you actually look into it, you have to do a lot of research if you're actually going to look into something like that. Well, let me ask you. So you're 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 this activist. You're borderline socialist. You start watching. They're going to have you on TV. You start watching these videos. I imagine you you quit the show or Mm -hmm. you you didn't go to him and be like, hey, I got some things to say on this show. You know, it was tough time. Like I was mortified. Like everybody, when I tell the story now, they just view just like all the positive of it. But you have to think this is months of just turmoil of all these different things I believed in for so long being exposed. It's just not legitimate. But it got to October and I was getting ready to fly to London and I just had this powwow with myself. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't stand for any of this anymore. So I called them and I just pretty much told them it just wasn't for me. What, What did your friends and family think? Uh, I didn't tell too many people I was in the process, actually, because they were pretty strict on the NDAs. No, I mean, like, uh, when you started discovering that a lot of the stuff you thought was not true. Oh, I imagine, switch? like, you go to your friend and you're like, I, I have to imagine, because I, I, I've, I've been there, where I'm hanging out at my friend's house, I'm in California, and they, they're, like, hanging around, like, drinking coffee, and then one of them just says something completely false. And then it's like, the first thing I think is like, oh, what do I do? If I come, you can't just come out and be like, you're wrong. You know what I mean? They're not going to take well to that. They want to be an authority on this political ideology. That's why they brought it up. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I had a combination of everything. A lot of my friends kind of started to make the journey with me becoming more conservatives because they knew how passionate I was about BLM and all the liberalism I stood for. So for me to look at it and be like, I don't know about this anymore, especially with everything happening with COVID and everyone's trust in every institution starting to be questioned, a lot of people started to just support me regardless of what it was that I stood for. On the other hand, I had people completely excommunicate me, including family members. I have a sibling I haven't spoken to in years that just deleted me off of everything, hasn't spoken to me. And 
I have friends who have done the same thing, but I don't even view them as real friends. I don't I don't believe that actions like that are related to like I, I think that's evidence to the fact they know you're right. They to a certain degree that you're right. They're driven by social acceptance, not by fact or logic. And so they're like, you threaten their attempts to fit in. So they have to remove you because we don't do that. Like the, the right tends not to do that. I say tends not to because, you know, it's not absolute. But the, the, the libertarian, former liberal types, the conservative types are constantly trying to tell people like, here's what I think and why. And the left is just more like, I don't want you to say what you think. You shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I'd say that's really, really prominent in the black community. Uh, the black community has a tendency to put each other in a box. And if the second you step out of that box, or as Candace Owens says, escaping the Democratic plantation, it's a huge issue. Just as far as the music you're allowed to like, the clothes you're supposed to wear, the culture, the way you talk, the way that if you speak too eloquently, you're insulted in a lot of areas in the black community. We're even told, like, I remember being a kid, I'm in this area full of agriculture, and I was bullied by my family because I was going to take an FFA class. They talked me out of doing it. They're like, you're black. You can't be in an agriculture class, what? which is so wrong to begin with for so many reasons. But black people tend to put the shackles on our own feet. And I keep telling people within the community and outside the community that you have to stop allowing yourself to be forced into a category. You have to be able to look at the bigger picture of the world and just identify who you actually are rather than be told who you are because of your skin color. Man. So you made it though, huh? Prager, you hired you. I made it. Prager, you've been good to me. <laughs> and that takes a lot of courage though, like to, to walk away from a support system like that. In a lot of ways, those are the people that are structurally the most supportive to your upbringing in a lot of ways, right? Like it's gotta be very, very difficult to walk away from people that have been that instrumental in getting to you, you know, being a part of your life up until that point. Yeah, I just have to change my mentality. I didn't walk away from them. They walked away from me. No, since like, yeah, so you have to you have to accept when they're yeah. going to walk away from you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things I realized that if I'm not willing to stand on truth and integrity, then what is it that I actually represent? Because if you don't stand for anything, you fall for everything, right? And I just want to be able to look myself in the mirror if I continue to advocate for these things just because I'm told to rather than recognizing the research that I've done and going out and being like, you know what, this is actually the truth. I was wrong. So many people are afraid just to get online and admit that they're wrong or even just person to person. But humility is one of the greatest things that you can possibly have. And the media likes to shame doing your own research now. You're not yeah. supposed to do yeah. your own research anymore. The that's New York very Times, dangerous. That's crazy. It's very dangerous. We had a uh, Winston Marshall from Mumford and Sons on that last week. And he, so his story is he reads books and he had like no followers, but I mean, Mumford and Sons is a huge band. No joke. Look at their discography. It's like their first album hit number two billboard. Then every other album was number one when it released. They were huge. And so he tweets out like, just read Andy No's book. Very great. Good work, Andy No. And they attacked him for it. He basically is forced to issue an apology. And then, I mean, this dude's amazing. Shout out to, to this guy. He's, there's a reason why his, he, he was part of a band that rose to the top. He said, he didn't want to live the lie. He couldn't live with himself knowing that he put up this fake apology. He thought to himself, what am I going to do? Go to all my friends and family and say, I don't, I, I, I believe this thing. I don't actually believe. I can't do it. So I, so he was like, he decided, you know what? Fine. To, to preserve, to, to save his bandmates from this, this trauma, from this, or from this scandal and controversy and crisis, he's going to leave the band and then he's going to come out publicly, retract his apology and say, here's what I really think. So they went after him. He thought about it and said, nah. He would rather be true to himself with all of the anger and hate around him than to live a lie. 
I, I imagine that's it, it felt like kind of what you were conveying too. Yeah, for sure. I have so much respect for that. And I always tell people like to an extent, you have to prioritize your peace. So if you are not willing to be outspoken about everything that you believe in, at least be willing to stand firm and stand against the things that you don't believe in. Yeah. Like especially with things like when you're seeing all the kids going to drag shows, you don't have to necessarily go out and just say like, everything about your conservative values, but you at least have to look at something as foul as little children being at a drag show and being able to say, you know what, we need to stop this. There has to be some level of pushback. But it isn't, I mean, I have to imagine, there. I'll put it this way, there's tropes about the, the black community actually being fairly conservative, right? Oh yeah. Not like they, the left would call it homophobic, call it whatever you want. So I have to imagine this stuff doesn't go over well. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. I've been saying that for so long. A lot of black people now, and this goes for pretty much every ethnicity, especially his, uh, Hispanic and Asian communities, where there are so many conservative values that are just instilled in these minority groups as families, but they still continue to vote Democratic because they're told to. Because if you ask so many of these people in these communities, why is it that you vote Democratic? It's like, that's what I was told to do as a kid. Yeah. That's what my whole family does. I mean, I was told to. I, I, I remember going with my family. And I'm told, like, so what, who am I voting? Just, just Democrat all the way down. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. They have done such a amazing job of branding the right as inherently racist, but not just that, as somehow the party of money, even though all evidence points to the contrary now, that big business votes uh, goes to the left yeah. now. All of the corporations are behind leftist values. But when you read these articles from these outlets, they talk about the right being the party of, of uh, money and privilege and all the evidence points to the contrary, but it doesn't matter. Cause like you said, a lot of them aren't going to do the research necessary to actually go out and figure that out. Have right? you, have you had a chance to talk with Candace Owens about all this? Briefly. I met her once. It was like really quick passing by, but we've messaged each other a few times. She's been super supportive of me. Yeah. I imagine that would be one heck of a conversation to be honest. Oh yeah. I can't wait to the time I get to just sit down and really pick her brain on things. <laughs> What's funny about what you said about trying to debunk the PragerU five-minute videos, those would be the hardest ones to debunk because it's literally a lot of them are just listed facts. <laughs> about so It would be like impossible to go through that. You'd have to literally, if they were lying, they'd be the um, like the most lies you've ever seen <laughs> in a row because most of them are just, those are like a lot of my favorite videos that they did back well, in the I, day. Well, I, I recently just did, uh, I did two PragerU five-minute yeah, videos. Yeah, you did. Right. And I think, I don't know if they're both out yet, maybe one of them, but it was like, specific references to things that happened and like the the summary of the video is based on like here's a thing that happened here's what the media said here's what the government responded with i think we talked about mike brown michael brown and how the, the activist said hands up don't shoot but then obama's justice department said actually that's not true so it's who's lying obama or the, the activists eric holder was yes. the, the ag and obama was the president they investigated and found that it that michael brown was not did not have his hands up so i mean it, it's clear that it was not uh, uh that michael brand lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details michael brown did not have his hands up that was a lie from yeah. let's day one let's talk about what's going on in chicago 
We got the story from Fox News. Teen takeover terrorizes Chicago as hundreds of teenagers destroy property and attack tourists. So Saturday. So, I mean, I mean, look, I'd love to, to go in on that joke with you, my friend, but no, no. Chicago, Worse than normal? I just saw, in, this is nuts. So I've seen estimates of hundreds to thousands of teenagers romping through the city, jumping on cars, setting vehicles on fire, smashing windows. Just today it was reported they tried breaking into the Art Institute. It's only and, April, too. And it's only April. I mean, summer's going yeah. gonna, to gonna get wild. Yeah. And it's happening in L.A. But so I don't know. And the Art Institute, I have to imagine, has probably got billions of dollars worth yeah. of art in there. And if they got in, it would have been like history being ransacked. Apparently, I don't know how it went down, but they're trying to break in. And two, two of the teens got shot. Gunshots ring out. Everyone scatters. There's no reason. This is not a protest. They're not pissed off about anything. This is just societal and cultural breakdown of people rampaging through the cities. There's these videos. I can't even play these videos for you on YouTube. That's how crazy it is. There's, a, there's videos. There's a woman standing in a doorway at a building doing nothing. They run up, grab her, and just start mercilessly beating yeah. her for no reason. Yo, it's getting crazy. Just grabbed her by the head. New and mayor? you could see people cut, like you could see people just hooking. No up, reason. Right up. Yeah. New mayor in charge yet? I don't think he's in charge he's not yet. Not in charge not yet, yet, right? But I'm pretty sure he did come out and he said it's not constructive to vilify <laughs> the group of rowdy teens <laughs> that torched cars in rampage organized on social media. You know of what course. though? You know what though? I mean, it's horrifying to see what's happening in it's it's happening in LA too. And it's probably coming to a city near you. But uh, I gotta be honest. I mean, I'm happy for the people of Chicago. I'm 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 very happy. I mean that that woman. I I don't know her personally, but there's a very strong possibility she voted for this. <laughs> you uh, look. So so I'll put it this yeah, way. I like, know nobody should be attacked. It shouldn't happen. And this lady is an individual. I don't blame her for any of this. Yeah. But as a body of citizens, Chicago has been under Democrat control for over a hundred years, mm-hmm. and this. All of this stuff. So you made the joke another Saturday yeah. because of the perception of what Chicago is. Having grown up there, I've certainly seen similar things to this, but never this bad. Okay. And at this point now, I'm like, I'm not surprised. This is the, traje- the, the trajectory of the city. Mm. You keep voting for this stuff over and over again. Don't be surprised. The new mayor elect says, don't demonize them. It's not constructive. I don't understand how anybody could be shocked that this is happening in Chicago. I mean, there's already a culture that looting and rioting has no consequences. There hasn't been accountability in that city in a very long time. You can even see what the mayor-elect is saying doesn't take accountability. And the other part of his statement, I read that he was saying something along the lines of how you can't blame these kids because this is a city that doesn't have enough opportunities for them. (laughs) It is the left's fault that there's not opportunity there. Because why would any company want to be located in Chicago where they're going to have their buildings down they're going to be robbed there's going to be shootings every day they're losing money but then you're upset when they leave chicago even though you've done nothing to protect them you're always demonizing them you're always saying that they need to pay more in taxes you have not made the city of chicago a place that any business would want to be or a place that any business could survive and now you're shocked that the kids there quote unquote don't have enough opportunity this is on purpose and this was happening during uh, 2020 riots in Minnesota, right? Businesses would get looted and shut down or bricks through the window. And then uh, stores that people need to go to to be able to get supplies, things that actually matter, you know, whether it's groceries, things like that, you know, baby formula. And then nobody can get to them for days at a time while they're either repairing what's going on there or they're just simply waiting out 
the riots to end and nobody, it, it doesn't ever click in their brain that in a lot of ways when you live in the city, I wasn't even living in Minneapolis at the time. I was in the outskirts. I was in West St. Paul and this stuff was still happening. And you understand that this is going to keep happening unless you learn to vote in people who are willing to put into place different policies or at the very least keep them in jail and not just let them out on bail right away. That's what they're doing. And if you look back at the old videos of the looting and rioting that happens, look very closely at those videos. You will be hard pressed to find someone stealing eggs or a pack of chicken or something that they need to put food on the table or even blankets for their kids to stay warm. No, they're stealing TVs. They're stealing AirPods. They're stealing all these things that they don't need and saying it's in the name of reparations. But they're not doing this for anything productive. It's just complete selfishness with no accountability. Remember when AOC said... They're looting because they need bread. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, have you seen a video of them looting? Dude, they're stealing <laughs> shoes. Now you can argue they need shoes. Yeah. But like, they're stealing good shoes. And the know? counters like, are not... still full of bread. Nobody even took the bread. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you they see the, the bread? <laughs> did you see the video of the lady try, who asked for the thousand dollars and said, this is my Rosa Parks moment at the Target? <laughs> what? Uh, no, okay. Um, did you see this? No. Okay. So this lady basically says like she, she wants to get her stuff for free and starts like harassing the lady who works at the Target or whatever. And the security guard, she starts yelling at the security guard and backs the security guard up into his office and the dude just knocks her out wow and then she got arrested because she got in everyone's face and got and got physical this is where we're going man and, and she called it her rosa parks moment and said that the groceries for reparations for I, I i feel like all of these policies put forth by democrats are actually intended to harm democrats and then you get these democrat voters being like for some reason republicans keep voting against their own interests and it's like dude the, the social welfare, welfare policies are actually ruining the economic standards, yeah. ruining families, making things worse. They want you to sterilize and abort your kids. I don't think they like you very much. I think their policies are intent on making your life worse. And you look at what's going on in Chicago. And when this guy says, when this mayor like says, don't, this is Brandon Johnson, don't demonize these teenage boys. Two of 16 and 17 were shot. And he's like, well, you know, they, it's almost like they want this stuff to happen bad things to all of the people of the city. But you know what, man? I can't be mad about it because they voted for it. So it's like, if you're a conservative or a moderate and you live in Chicago, I guess at this point, I'm like, I'm sorry that this is happening to you, mm -hmm. I guess. But like, you're choosing to live in a city where all of this stuff is going down. And I know people always say, oh, but it's like, you don't understand. I don't have the money. I can't move. It's too hard. The example that I give is, if your house was on fire, you wouldn't stop and think, well, I could leave, but I have nowhere else to go. No, you run out the door. You stand barefoot outside thinking, what do I do now? So these people were saying, like, I can't get out of Chicago. All you're really telling me is the fire hasn't reached your house yet. You can't convince me that the left is not a death cult because everything that they stand for, both legislatively and ideologically, just relate to the demise of society, whether it's obesity, whether it's how hard they push for abortion, whether it's allowing all these crimes and murders to happen in the cities. Everything that you look at with them leads to depopulation or it leads to just less people happening. Even everything with same sex is like they don't even want uh, these to heterosexual couples to be able to have kids. They're wanting to sterilize kids with the trans stuff. Everything that the left does leads to death. Has anybody or, else noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I was saying, like, I don't think they like you very much. Like, you go to your politician and the, 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 the Republican guy says, hey, man, you should have more kids. It's like, okay, he's basically telling you to survive. 
They, he likes yeah. you. There should be more of you. These, these Democrats go, you, have you considered aborting that baby? And it's like, I, that's something you would say to someone you don't like. Like you go to, you, if, if there's a, like these two women, right? Imagine there's two women and one woman is pregnant and they hate each other's guts. Yeah. One woman, the, the, the one woman's going to go there and be like, abort your kid. Like, that's not a nice thing to say to somebody. They'll probably call themselves humanists as well. Yes, they'll say it's they'll not say the- <laughs> They'll say we are secular humanists, and they'll tell you that they believe that they want good things for the human race, but they want fewer humans. It's not that they dislike you, it's that they like the planet more. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. they want the planet to survive because humans, according to them, are basically a blight. It is. Dude, look at this. Look at this video. Death cult. Look at this video. This is, this is Compton, California gas station. And these street takeovers have been happening all over the city where people are just smashing their way in. Just that's it. Welcome to life in uh, Los Angeles. And this is similar to Chicago. The crazy thing is there's like this video of one dude just like smacking a bunch of condoms off a shelf and into the air. And it's like he's not looting, dude. It's it's not even ransacking. It's just it's rampage. And all and it all it takes is one person that decides they want to be violent. To, like they could be all looters except for one dude that's just like, all right, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna break the guy, you know, the person working behind the the counter's face open. And those type of agitators end up at those types of absolutely, on absolutely, because they get the opportunity. Yeah. It's like people talk about. Um, People talk about, you know, the church when uh, priests that are uh, molesting kids or whether it's schools and stuff. The thing is, they go where the access is. P- yeah. pred- uh, predators go where the access is. So predators are going to go to where people are rioting. So that way, they, if they want to be violent for no reason, they're going go to go where the riots are. This is the story from Ferguson. When I was on the ground and uh, the, the, the hardcore fans of Team Cass have heard me tell the story a billion times. So bear with us for those that didn't hear it. A uh, simple version is a bunch of young black men linked arms to protect the liquor store that Michael Brown had stolen the cigarillos from. And when they were interviewed by a guy from Al Jazeera, he's like, why are you protecting the store? They said, the people who are looting and burning down these stores don't live here. Our community is being destroyed right now. I remember watching across the street, a bunch of people ran and smashed windows, started stealing stuff from a bunch of stores. And the locals who lived there were begging for help to stop the rioting. But people from other other neighborhoods said, now's our chance, and came in and started stealing and destroying things. And then leftists wrote a wrote an article, a leftist wrote an article saying, in defense of looting. And all of these white liberals come out and said, the reason that they're rioting and looting in their own neighborhood is because they're resisting the bourgeoisie and the elites. And I'm like, bro, I was there. The people who lived there were begging for help to stop the looting of their neighborhood. Like nobody wants their gas station burned down. Nobody wants their local food court burned down. It's the people who don't live there who are stealing everything they can and then fleeing. And the left was coming in and cheering for it. Yeah, and people that don't is, live there making excuses for the people that are coming into town stealing. I got to say, I really do think that a lot of these liberal leftist types are actually overtly white supremacists and just pretending not to be. Because think about what they've done. Remember that video where the two white women are vandalizing property in a black neighborhood and the two black girls are like, stop destroying our neighborhood. And like, don't worry, we're doing it for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, Insane. man. Insane. If, if, take, take the context out of this and say, just tell, go, go up to any leftist, any of you, one of your liberal friends, not leftist, but like a liberal friend and say, if you saw two white people destroying a black neighborhood, what would you think? Because I'll tell you what a conservative would think. I'm like, oh, Antifa again, huh? Because we get it. Because people on the right, people, libertarian, I, I don't mean to imply I'm conservative. I'm saying people who are post-liberal, who are libertarian, freedom faction, I like to call it, have been paying attention to the news and see this incessant 
white liberal rampaging in black neighborhoods that happened, especially in 2020. And then they come out and they say, we're here to support you. And then they burn down your, your, your grocery store. Yeah, sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. I think you might just be a white supremacist yeah. in the classical sense. They destroy your neighborhood and they run off businesses, but they are here to help, guys. When they write a book called In Defense of Looting, I think, I think it's a book now. Yeah, it is. I'm like, I gotta think that you're actually just a white supremacist who wants to go and ruin the... You know, they, they talk about uh, the bombing of Black Wall Street. Are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Was it Tulsa, I think it was? I believe so. And, and w- w- what am I supposed to think about what they're doing? When you see two white women destroying black businesses and they say, don't worry, doing it for you. I'm kind of like, I don't know. It feels a whole lot like that. You know what Democrats have always done. You know, I I just don't believe you. And here we are today. This is what they do. They claim they fight for you, but they actively harm you. Not that Republicans are doing a whole lot for Republicans, mind you, but still. One of the weirdest things back when I was in the BLM culture and at some of these protests, I would say, and to be clear, I never looted and I never rioted. I always thought that was insane, but I would try to point out some of the things that were really weird to me. Like when I would watch the looting happening, I would watch it on Twitch and I would see white, I'm assuming Antifa members breaking into these buildings in these predominantly black neighborhoods. And I would ask myself, I'm like, why are white people going in and destroying these black owned businesses and then saying that it's for racial justice i didn't understand it but when i would bring those type of things up at the rallies out pe- people would turn to me and be like oh either you're all in or you're all out like i would just be shut down like it was not a conversation when i would bring up like there's so many white people here it's like how many of them are stealing and saying it's in the name of reparations it was the weirdest thing to me that nobody was willing to actually point out all the black communities being destroyed yeah is part of that just because they feel like they need to organize and they need to do something. Therefore, if they're not allowed to criticize it, they just have to accept it for them. Well, I think part, I think that's definitely a big part of it. And I think part of it was they knew that they're, what they were fighting for wasn't as concrete as they wanted it to be. So the second you start poking any holes into BLM and that entire narrative that the woke left had and still has, things start to crumble apart. So they don't want any holes poked in it at all. It's you have to believe in every single thing that they say or you're kicked out of the cult. And they shut you down if you do try to speak about it anyways. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you see that um, currently there's a kerfuffle on the left about uh, Anna Kasparian. Uh, She made some remarks about her disliking uh birthing people I she think doesn't want to be called a birthing person yeah i think that was the phrase or a person with a womb shocking I, <clears throat> I caught a stream uh sitch and adam were doing a stream talk they were covering a bunch of left left-leaning people uh some people from the surfs and matt bender was on there and they were they were just tearing her down like just saying she's not allowed to say this like really making it clear that it was unacceptable that she had stepped out of line and had an had express a dissenting opinion it just absolutely aghast and they went on and on and apparently there was two different streams where these five or six people were going at her so I, it's not a surprise to hear that at all um you know and it's, it's something that i think that the left has a significant problem with it, the fact that you can't have a dissenting opinion I we're gonna have one of those guys uh on the show i think not this week maybe maybe in, in a week or two mm-hmm. a big big lefty twitter personality I think one of the reasons that is, too, is because the media tends to parrot their beliefs right back at them because they believe the same thing that the media believes. So they're never challenged on a daily basis. If you are center right or libertarian, your views are constantly challenged by the media you take in. Mm -hmm. You know, if 
you're taking in any type of mainstream media, you're having your viewpoint challenged. You might think they're wrong and most of the time they are, but you're at least being given opposing viewpoints on a regular basis. And if you don't, if you're not used to hearing that, that's a lot of times shocking. And that's where the emotional responses tend to come in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's, I, I was waiting to jump to this story. So this one is, uh, this is a sad tale. A sad tale from our good friend, Hank Green. Now, if you don't know Hank Green, he's one of the OG YouTubers. And uh, he tweeted this. Which universe is the better one? One with humans, one without humans. Well, I voted for the one with humans because I'm human and I live here. But 41.1% uh, said one without humans. He responded. I keep trying to do other versions of this poll, thinking that there's something wrong with the question. But it, I, but it really does seem like 40% of you think humans shouldn't exist. And I find that so deeply outside of my perspective that I need to do a lot of thinking. He then added uh, a, a little bit later. I feel like if an AI was like, quote, I'm 40% sure the universe without humans would be better, we'd be pretty worried. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the funny thing. These people don't get it. People like Hank Green. He's a default liberal. He's surrounded by default liberals and leftists. They hate human beings. So you, you were just mentioning it earlier that it seems like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of their policies are actually just to harm you. And uh, I was mentioning something similar. Yeah. If you've got, uh, here, here's the easy way to explain it. Hank Green's audience, probably swinging much more left. He's like a VidCon guy. He's a, he's a major mainstream personality with, you know, so liberals probably follow him 80, 90%. If you're a Democrat politician and you see a poll like this, you know what that means? You're going to cater to the people who don't like human beings. So you're out there campaigning and you're like, look, half of these people are really concerned about their right to abortion because they have a lot of loose sex, with a lot of men, and they want to be able to get abortions if they get pregnant. Fine. The other half just don't want humans to be alive anymore. Same solution to both problems. Certainly then the Democrats are going to advocate for that. It's a lot of the same people who have been consuming a lot of nihilistic propaganda on social media for years about climate change. Every type of human invention that's ever been created uh, is destroying the environment. Everything we've ever done and succeeded is in some way been reframed as a negative for the human experience. And I actually, what you were talking about earlier about social media and how they will sometimes mess with the algorithm. I get that on Sundays. I swear to, on Instagram, Sundays become the most nihilistic place ever on Instagram. It's nothing, but the world is going to end in 10 years. Manufacturing is destroying the world and it's all that stuff. And they consume that content all the time. And they've been led to believe that this type of hatred of humanity isn't just good, but something to be valorized. And you, you know what they do? They complain about how there's like a great extinction phase happening and how humans are, the human actions are killing off all of these different forms of life. But they never stop to talk about the, the strange scientific experiments we're doing to bring life back, like trying to clone a woolly mammoth or <laughs> pulling ancient viruses out of the ice sheets and resurrecting them. Great I mean, ideas. <laughs> these are all great ideas that humans, are, are, humans are doing. Actually, when people saw that stuff during COVID, they're like, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should just not bring stuff out of the ice caps until we know for sure it's going to hurt. But, but uh, uh, simply put, it really does feel like, you know, everyone's always trying to figure out what the divide is. Like, I, I've seen people say it's nationalist versus globalist. And it's like, as a component of that. And I think it's algorithmic cult versus independent thought. But there is a component of humans are good and humans are bad. There is a component of, you know, God, God is real and there is no God. And if you're a nihilist, 
and you think nothing matters, there's no morality and everything is subjective, why would you want humans to be around at all? It's like uh, uh, Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen when he was like on Mars and he's like, would any of this be made better by humans? And the answer is yes, it would be. I mean, at least from a human perspective, because that's what we are. And that's what we strive for. The feelings and experiences of being human. I mean, I don't know. I was watching this little bird build a nest the other day. And I'm like, I wonder what bird society must be like. <laughs> Do you think they're like, you know, life is good. Life is bad. Do you think they get depressed? I think uh, a lot of this, for, for a lot of, uh, the best way to describe this for me, the best experience that I've had knowing that people are very nihilistic right now is when we had sunshine in like uh, January or February and it was like really nice out and people are like, well, it's because of climate change, but we might as well enjoy it while we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't snow. Uh, no, we got here. like none this year. None. And I, I was talking to some old guy and he's like, that's the first time, he's like 60 years old. He's like, it's the first time in my life I didn't get any snow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, of course- the issue is not so much about whether or not there's snow. It's about whether or not humans are the direct impact. And so, you know, what I see are causing the, the, the crisis. What I see with the left is like one without humans. What would this planet be without humans? It would just be a moist, a, a moist ball of rust, some kind of exotic rust on it. Basically. Oxidization process. And, you know, these people that vote to say that the world would be better without humans are the exact same people with the exact same mentality about America. They live in America as if they have to be. And then they're so anti-American. They're always saying that they want to see the downfall of America. But where is better? Yeah. Where I, is it that you see? They never actually give you an answer. Not usually. No, but, it's parts of it's yeah. parts of places that exist. They want it. They want a, like a, an a la carte society where they can say this is good in this place. This is good in this place. This is good in this place. So let's take all these things and bring them here. Yeah. And it, it, they imagine that they can just manufacture the society if they just say, well, these are the things that we want. And we'll just bring them here. And 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 it, it's as if the people that are involved don't matter at all. And it, it, it's the, the blank slate applied to societies. Like societies have cultures. Societies have history. Societies have different values from one society to another. So you can't just replicate the, the good things about one society in your society without, without having some kind of negative consequences or, or unforeseen consequences at least. So I think that it's a lot of, a lot of the idea that it, it is as simple as just, well, that works over there. So how come it doesn't work over here? It was the same mistake that we made when we went to Iraq. Yeah. The idea that we could just implement democracy in, in Iraq, like, oh, just get rid of the, the get rid of the strong arm guy and, and we'll make a democracy and it'll work fine. Well, and that's not the way that people work. The CIA has been doing that for years yeah, now. We're bringing a little great. democracy all over the place. We're working awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. also, the, but the, a lot of Americans, what I've noticed, and this was long before I became politically aware, hate this country, like seem to have a, if not a hatred of this country, they're embarrassed to be from here. I, and I, I never understood it. It's really simple. Is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? You know, are you, are you excited that there is water in your water bottle or are you like angry because it's half gone? The glass and, is racist. I'm just glad right. that I can drink the water here. Yeah. But this is, this is, this is like, I guess the thing may, like the real divide may be optimism versus pessimism. If you look at the history of the United States, you can look at it a bunch of different ways. You can be honest and say there's a lot of really awful stuff and a lot of really good stuff. Or uh, you can be angry and just say this country is bad no matter what. It's all bad, period. It's born of bad. It's bad. It's bad. That's stupid. And that's depressive. So uh, I, these people are nihilistic. Half of them probably just want to burn everything down because they hate humans. The other half refuse to seek out the good because hey, there's something 
wrong with them, I guess. You know, I, I look back at American history and if someone comes to me and says, do you know what the Americans did to the Native Americans and, you know, in this place and that place? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I read about that. That's awful. I can't believe they would do that. And then it's like, do you also know about the good things this country has done over the past several hundred years as we've dramatically improved upon all of those things and got to the point where you have now been educated in publicly funded institutions explaining we think those are bad things. Yeah. Think about the, the college student who's like, America is awful and racist. I learned that at a publicly funded university. Mm. The government's paying you so you can learn about how we don't like those things anymore. And they still think this country is a problem. Mm -hmm. I think the end result is just the left will cease to exist. You know, they try to indoctrinate your kids. The only thing they can do, but it's not going to it's not working. Uh, and then the right is going to just have a bunch of babies and then 20 years, you know, there we go. You don't think it's working? What, like the you, education you, stuff? I'm saying that you don't think that the indoctrination from the left is working in my no, eyes. No, it's not like, working. You don't think so? Mm -mm. Uh, why? Like, so for one, shows like this, we consistently have like mm -hmm. the highest live viewer count on YouTube, which is a good sign. You can see like the Budweiser backlash, mm -hmm. the view being desperate. Obviously there is leftist indoctrination. It is very strong. But I'm speaking specifically in refer, in referring to kids. It is, in my opinion, not working. Okay. So uh, simply put, when parents realize what's happening at their schools, start pulling their kids out, when there is now a national conversation around school choice and getting kids out of public schools and moving away from these places, it didn't work. And what I mean ultimately is I think conservatives are going to have more kids. Those kids are more likely to be conservative. They're, they're, they're going to learn from their parents. The parents are waking up, not all of them, but many of them are waking up to what's going on in schools. The left is beginning to fail with places like Florida and other states reforming these laws and banning this stuff. It may lead to hyperpolarization, but ultimately, if you're advocating, if, if, there, if there were two countries and they were at odds with each other, and on one side they were saying, have more babies, have more babies, discipline yourself, strengthen yourself, eat right, exercise. And the other country was saying, be as fat as you want. Abort your children and sterilize them. Would there be any question to which country would cease to exist in 20 years? None whatsoever. So just because we are the United States doesn't mean to me that there is a mesh here. Clearly, the hyperpolarization is so pronounced that the left and the right are, are, are at such fundamental odds that they may as well be two different countries to the point where people are advocating for national divorce. And then what do you see? Give it a long enough over a long enough period of time. Math is just math. People who don't have kids tend not to exist in several generations. People who have kids tend to pass on their ideas. Then you got to get those kids out of out of our state-run colleges because I, I think we can raise all the conservative kids we want, but if we send them to public schools where they will later be indoctrinated further into those ideologies, I don't know if it matters. I think you have to start at the elementary, you know, at the school level, and then all the way up to colleges. You have to reform and not allow those kids to be constantly flooded with the same type of propaganda that we're seeing now. But it's I but I think we're we're moving in that direction. I think. The left, I, I, everybody likes to talk about, um, I shouldn't say everybody, but there are prominent individuals talking about universities and the leftist ideology and how it's spread and all that. But it was never that strong until 2011, 2012. I think it's when social media algorithms, it was 2008. It was uh, never that strong in the US. Until, so, well, no, around the world. Social <laughs> media algorithms made every country on the planet basically see this massive spike in these conversations. However, I think that was bad for them. I think if they had maintained the quiet edge 
and slow rolled this ideology over a long period of time, they'd have won. Instead, the algorithms slapped everybody in the face with the most insane versions of these ideologies that now people are pushing back on it. Universities are starting to get heat because of it. And people are hyperpolarizing. Yeah. I agree with that. I think for a while the left was starting to win with their indoctrination, but the pendulum is starting to shift back over to the right because what's happening is the left continues to get more radical. They're going further and further right, while the right is just sitting you in the further same further place. Left. left, left. Sorry, yeah, the left is getting <laughs> further and further left, and the right is just sitting there, just trying to be sane. And I always tell people, if you want to help influence people to do more research or to maybe reconsider their mentality, you don't even have to go deep into like policies and politics. Just talk about the culture. Like, have you seen the things with these naked education shows where yeah. there's yeah. all these shows where they're <laughs> getting naked in front of children? There is no sane person in existence that's going to look at that and not think that it's foul. So when you present that and you're like, well, guess which side supports this and is all for this, they start to question their own mindset. I want that stuff to be spread around as much as possible. Well, I want as many parents to see that kind of stuff as yeah. possible. I want to pull up this tweet here. We got this from Scott Galloway. He said, Republicans, uh, one fourth Republicans think all drag shows should be banned. Living in another century, question mark? Are you referring to yourself, sir? I don't know what sent or, or another dimension. I am not surprised that there are a quarter of Republicans saying no drag shows. That, that surprises me in no way. I don't, I, what is it, referring to the 90s or something, what, what other century? But let me show you how crazy this poll is. So here's what it says. Who should be allowed to attend drag shows? The purple says they should be allowed for everyone. The blue is restricted to people 18 and older. And there's not sure. And then for orange, they should be banned. Among all U.S. adult citizens, 25% say children should be allowed to attend. 50% say 18 and up only. 12% are not sure. And 14% say ban it all. Now, among Democrats, around 40% of Democrats think children should be allowed to attend sex shows. That's what it is. Drag is basically LGBT burlesque. You wouldn't put a kid, you wouldn't bring a kid to a go-go dancer club. You wouldn't bring your kid to a burlesque show. That's what they're saying. However, 40% of Democrats, it's 39 who say it should, be, should have kids, 40% of Democrats say 18 and up only. This is the popular position. Yeah. In fact, 8% of Democrats want it banned for everyone. Okay, let me stress that again. 8% of Democrats are like, no drag shows allowed for anyone. Who are those Democrats? I got to ask you. I was going to say, like, where are they? That's yeah. like a magical unicorn of a person, I guess, what, like old blue dog Democrats that still believe in gun rights. And then you have among independents, it reflects... Basically, what you see among all U.S. adults, 26% say kids should be allowed to attend sex shows, 52% think it should be 18 and up, and 9% say that it should be banned outright. And among Republicans, this one is also the unicorn. This has got to be the margin of error. 8% of Republicans think children should be allowed to attend sex shows, 58% of Republicans say 18 and up only, 25% of Republicans say banned outright. Look at that divide. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For, nearly four, four in ten Democrats think children should be allowed to attend sex shows. If that persists, 
I just kind of think Democrats probably won't be a political party for a lot longer because they're at odds with the general public to a great degree and independent voters. I think regular people, you show them what's going on in these videos. They First of all, they don't believe it. I was talking to people about that video of the guy pulling the baloney out of his crotch with a zipper and the gay men thrusting into each other. I was talking to a friend and I was like, yeah, but look, we're not talking about like just someone in a costume reading a book. We're talking about children having a dude in a thong perform like a striptease dance or uh, like on Bill Maher when it was um, Winsome Sears from Virginia, lieutenant governor, saying like, look, it's about what parents want their kids to be involved, like be or, or not be involved in. She's like, I don't want my kid getting a lap dance from a drag queen. And then Bill Maher goes, well, OK, they're reading books. I don't think they're giving lap dances. She goes, yes, they are. It's like, well, I must have missed this. And she goes, Bill. You need to read more. You need to read more. Yeah, and then cool. everyone laughs because Bill Maher doesn't read the news. You show that to the average person, like you were saying about sanity, and they're going to be like, well, I didn't know I was supporting that. Yeah. In North Carolina, a drag queen gave a lap dance to a child. And and we got, you know, Ian bought the book Genderqueer. Not even conservatives are reading that book. And they really should. That's funny. Conservatives are like, I've seen enough. I know it's bad. Oh, you don't even know the half of it. You should read it. So I think regular people are probably going to see this and just... If we can show them, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm out. And the hard part is then getting them out of their algorithm because their algorithm is only going to show them what they want to be seeing. So they're not going to be, be seeing any of that content on their social media platforms or anywhere. A lot of the people, when I would explain that these things were going on, would be like, that that sounds ridiculous. I, I don't know if that's actually happening. Nobody believes. No, they don't when believe When you it. tell people what like the cutting edge of leftist thought is, people are like, no. They all Every single time I tell any average kind of like Democrat person, oh, this is what's coming out of sociology departments right now. This is the cutting edge of leftist thought. They're like, no way. No one will ever you know, No one will believe it. No we, we, we really want to get Bill Maher on this show. And there's been conversations recently about me going on Bill Maher's show. Bill Maher's going to be in D.C. in five days. He's doing, uh, he's doing a stand-up. He's doing stand-up at the MGM National Harbor. And that's on a Saturday. And I'm just thinking, you know, a Friday night, it's the perfect opportunity to promote your show, Bill. Should have you on the show. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher speaking out against the stuff he's learning about. I just wish yeah. with his platform, he knew more. And I think it would be one of the most epic conversations to be sitting here with him because we have this big, these big monitors. And when he's like, I don't know about them giving lap dances, I'd be like, oh, Bill, oh, Bill, let me, <laughs> let me pull the video up for you and press play. And then we'll just play it right here and he'll watch it and he'll be like, okay, you're right. You know, I always ask the people who are in support of children being able to go to drag shows and they're like, oh, it's educational. What are they learning? Are they learning life skills to get naked and twerk in front of other children? Like, what is beneficial for a child to go there? It's literally a show that it's about explicit, over-the-top sexual actions. It's burlesque. It's it's like, it's sexualized comedy. It's a clown show, I guess. This it, the fact that it's it's always sexualized. Like, there's no drag show that isn't sexualized so people that make the argument oh kids really should be able to get into this i don't i don't, I don't understand how they justify it because just because of the fact that it is clearly sexualized uh it's they 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 justify it by saying it's teaching them about inclusion that it's teaching them that people with alternative lifestyles exist and they're not bad people. Therefore, you can send your kids yeah. to these shows and it's nothing's going to happen to them. It's fine. It's that's, about inclusion. That's unacceptable because exactly. it's unacceptable to send your kids to Chippendales or to the strip yep. club with the boobies. That's I'm giving like, you the, but to them, they don't think past the first stage of the argument. Yeah, right? sure. They're like, oh, how it much, is about inclusion. How much do you want to bet Bill Maher's never seen the video of the child strippers? 
It's not going to lick itself. Sign on no, the no, wall. No, 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 no. When when that little boy was ripping his clothing off on stage and at a gay bar while they handed oh. money to him, oh, I bet he's never not. seen it. He probably, probably never. And that one's from like 2018. Yeah. Like this stuff's been going on for a long time, and the problem is specifically people like Bill Maher don't read the news. They like all of this stuff is happening around the country, and obviously corporate press covers up. I was reading about the Budweiser uh, story in the Washington Post, and they lied about everything. Surprise, surprise. They said the boycott, it's not clear if there's been any impact at all. And it's like Anheuser-Busch made it, they put out a commercial and issued a statement. Clearly, something's got, got them worried. And their stock has gone down. And they're like, well, it's not clear. It's like, okay, that's, that's an argument, but not a news report. You can argue since the controversy started, Anheuser-Busch stock has dropped by five points or whatever. But they don't, they don't mention that. They say, and then they said the whole, the whole controversy started over a single can of beer, a promo can with Dylan Mulvaney on it. And I was like, yeah, and the video of Dylan Mulvaney drinking Bud Light, being a brand ambassador and dancing, and the estimates that Dylan received 50K or whatever for doing it. We don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's true or whatever, but people are, are upset that Budweiser in any way supported this person. It's not about a single can of beer, but they need to lie, diminish and downplay so they can keep these people trapped in a box. And unfortunately, people like Bill Murray doesn't read the news. The Nike videos were worse. Those were actually like, looks like he's making fun of women. They all. He yeah. always like is. The, yeah. the, the, the Nike ones to me were even more ridiculous. And I, I, always, I always really want to stress this too. Dylan Mulvaney is not trans. Like you can't just say like, I mean, what if Donald Trump came out right now and was like, my fellow Americans, I am now a woman. <laughs> I am the first female president. Donna. Like, Donna Trump, and uh, they would say, no, he's not. He's lying, right? Yep. So why, look, simply put, they would say, Donald Trump is lying. He's not trans. There's, mm-hmm. it's not, there's no way anyone would believe that if Trump came out as trans, anyone would support him. And even if he actually was, like, legit was like, no, I've been hiding this all my <laughs> life, and he really believed it, they would still say, no, you're not. They, so, would, they would deny forever, no matter what. So why should I assume or just give that benefit of the doubt to someone like Dylan Mulvaney, who, I'm going to say it again, hiking heels? <laughs> Putting on high heels in the forest is not something that women or trans people do. It was a clown show comedy performance intended to mock. Mm-hmm. It was literally making fun of women. It, like- was, it was an adult male dressing like a woman, claiming to be a girl, putting on high heels and running through the woods and then getting scared of a bug. That is like the most offensive woman face performance you could do. You took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say this is essentially blackface for womanhood. And I've seen this clip before where Dylan was saying how this initially started as either comedy or satire. I can't remember the exact word he used. But he has known from the beginning that this was not a serious thing. But he's turned it into a serious thing because it's become so profitable. And the algorithm on TikTok is so aggressive with it because I don't follow Dylan. I've never liked a single video of Dylan's. I've never saved or commented on a video of Dylan's. But I will get notifications on my phone from TikToks saying that Dylan Mulvaney just posted a new video. And because, and I have screenshots of it too. And because of that, there's going to be an entire generation of people growing up that are going to have mental health crisis all because of Dylan Mulvaney's rise to stardom. This is Elsa Gate 2.0. That's why I describe it as such. That the algorithm just picks things, props them up, and they get weirder and crazier. So it's, it's not just that it sees what you like and then makes more of it. It's that it doesn't know what the difference is between what you like and something with similar words in it. 
So on YouTube, something interesting happened where if somebody made a video about immigration, YouTube's algorithm does not know if you're for or against immigration. All it knows is the title said the word immigration in it. So who does it send it to? People who are for immigration or against immigration? It doesn't know. So with someone like Dylan Mulvaney, what happens is there are some things that people will click thumbs up on. It doesn't know the difference between Dylan Mulvaney, who's pretending and mocking and insulting trans people and say like an actual trans person making a real argument. Thus, Dylan Mulvaney's outrageous shenanigans and the one big important component is the incrementation. Day one, day two, day three. That creates a, a, this effect in people where they need resolution. So they always come back to see the next number. It was perfect algorithmic manipulation. And I think Dylan Mulvaney knew exactly what he was doing. And I, and I will stress it again. There, I've, I, we, 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 I've talked to some, uh, I'm not going to name the individuals, but we, we've had the conversation with some of our uh, guests on the show who are trans who said there's clear signs to them that Dylan Mulvaney is not trans based on the procedures and the things that Dylan has done that trans people don't do and or, or that trans people would have done and certain things Dylan Mulvaney does that trans people would not do. There have been references to, I'll, I'll give you an example, actually. When Dylan Mulvaney made the video, and talked about how bulges exist and women have bulges. What was told to me, and maybe this is just the opinion of a couple trans women, is that a video like that would cause them severe anxiety by triggering gender dysphoria. The idea of making a video and pointing to your junk and saying, look at my junk, like Dylan Mulvaney did, is, is, is the inverse of what, of what someone with a body dysmorphic disorder would do. Think about a person who's anorexic. Do you think an anorexic person would make a video where they're like, look at my rolls. It's okay that I have rolls. I'm so fat. I'm so fat. Everybody look how fat I am. Look at this and, and pinch themselves. No, they do the opposite. They're terrified of looking fat to the point where they starve themselves to death. So if Dylan Mulvaney actually fit the descriptor as most people, like as somebody with dysmorphia, they wouldn't be making videos where they sing about having penis, a, a bulge in their pants. It is totally fake. There you go. I never thought about it that way, but it makes sense. It's because yeah. gender dysphoria is a mental illness. I can't emphasize that enough. So for Dylan to be so glorifying in it, it's problematic, but it also just adds to the culture of mental illness overall, because I've noticed that anxiety and depression have become such a trend and even ADHD. There's people who have never been diagnosed with any of those in their lives. So totally. those are three very real conditions, mm -hmm. but now it's like to fit in, you have to have some kind of mental illness. I've even had people brag about like, oh yeah, I'm so bipolar. Haha. <laughs> I'm like, is that funny? Yeah, or we, like or like DID people who say that they have like numerous personalities inside themselves, and they're they're talking about operating as a system. Basically, oh, this part of my system is whatever and whatever. It is literally a trend. It's literally like a TikTok thing, and people post about it all the time. Same thing with Tourette's. Tourette's is becoming oh, yeah. a trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Part of it is also like in a culture now where everyone's looking for something that makes them special or unique. That's something that they feel like gives them some type of unique identifier, and it's just been turned into a weird thing through social media. You know, it used to be that uh, if you wanted to be famous or known about, you had to do something notable. So what you'd get is, you know, people would turn on the radio or the TV and they'd see actors. And then people were like, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. I've gone through so much of this too. I've had people hit me up and be like, you know, back when I worked at Vice and I was traveling around, I had so many people be like, oh, I really want to do what you do. Oh boy. And then once they actually see what it involves, like, oh, I don't do that. Like, that's not what I was talking about. I want to be on camera and famous. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm on camera because I like traveling and talking to people and learning about what's going on in these places, I'm not on camera because I want to be on camera. That, that's like paradoxical. Yep. It's like, 
like you get on camera for doing a thing, not just being on camera. And so then sure enough, these people immediately abandon the line of work and they never want it in the first place. Mm-hmm. People are just trying to do whatever they, ha- they, they can to get attention. I find it, I think that it's, it's surprising to me that there are so many people that get behind Dylan as Dylan, uh, for Dylan being a trans person. It, I really feel like there should be more people that would just be like, that. that is not a trans person. That is a person just looking to be famous. That's just hopping on the band. Well, I, I, or, I, know, the way I, I described it is like, that we're, we're coming to the point where there's different kinds of transgender. There is gender dysphoric. People who look in the mirror and feel a disconnect between their body and their biological sex, and that triggers depressing depre- uh, depression and, and things like that. And that is the traditional view of gender dysphoria or transgenderism. But then you have what's called AGP and what is it? Uh, AAP, autogynephilia and autoandrophilia. These are individuals like uh, the person who wrote Genderqueer, for instance, we have the book right there. It's a biological female who is aroused at, at the thought of being male and so wants other people to call them male because it stimulates them, which is more kink and fetish stuff. But then you have the third chapter, which is Dylan Mulvaney, who is not trans in any, of, in, in any sense. Michael, I think it was Michael Malice who said that he thinks it's a fetish act. Like AGP, and I'm like, no, 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 it's different. It's like I think Leah Thomas, the N, uh, that was it, uh, NCAA swimmer. Yeah, there was an article talking about how she was talking in the in the dress or in the the Leah Le- Thomas has a bunch of posts on, yeah. on talking about what they call AGP, which is like it's a kink, it's a fetish, it's not gender dysphoria. But Dylan Mulvaney isn't doing that. Dylan Mulvaney isn't dysphoric, as as I referenced with the video about singing about having a bulge. A person who is dysphoric doesn't want that. So Dylan Mulvaney being proud and saying it's okay and look at my junk is like, mm-hmm. are you just making fun of trans people? You're clearly not dysphoric. So Dylan Mulvaney's version of trans is it makes me famous. Mm-hmm. And they're promoting that to kids. That's, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. That's why I think the Budweiser boycott is so important because yep. they didn't they didn't come out and support the LGBT community. They came out and like, you know, I, I describe it as imagine if Budweiser came out and sponsored a, a an old school minstrel show of like a bunch of dudes in blackface being as racist as possible. And I'm like, that's basically what I see with Dylan Mulvaney, yep. insulting and mocking trans people and women at the same time to an extreme degree. And then Whoopi Goldberg and The View and all these other institutions coming out and defending it. That's the same thing that I said to a friend of mine. He had, he had uh, I made a remark about the Anheuser-Busch comment. And I said, you know, this means keep keep applying pressure. And uh, he objected to it. And I was just like, look, Dylan is not a trans person that is helping trans people in any way. The only thing he's doing is harming people. He's not making any anyone feel bad for, for feel in, in any way sympathetic towards uh, trans people with their gender dysphoric uh, or not. Well, and and I don't think that we should entertain AGP at all. Like, I don't want to play along with your kink. Right. Sorry. But but look at all the pride parade events where they have like men with dog masks Yeah, the on. whole month should just be called kink and, and it should But that's be, what it is. Yeah. When, when we had, uh, uh, I think Destiny, Omni-liberal, when we were talking about Ron DeSantis and the books that were being disallowed, mm-hmm. they say it's a book ban. Yeah, they're banning porn. Yeah. And he was like, well, this looks like sex education. And I'm like, dude, that's a butt plug. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's not sex education. That's kink education. Yeah. That is the most ridiculous cope that I've ever heard come out of Destiny ever. Like the 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 idea that it's acceptable to teach people under 18 how butt plugs work. Give me a friggin' Children break. in schools that under is the, the guise of sex ed? I, I mean, that is something 
I, I, I'll violate TOS if I keep going on. Like, you know, you seriously. Know, We'll save it for the members only show, which is coming up in uh, you know half an hour. But could you imagine Unreal. how funny it would be? I wouldn't. I, I will say this. I agree, man. I will be in no way surprised at all if, like, in one year's time, Dylan Mulvaney uploads a video of him wearing a suit and tie with a deeper voice saying, "Hey, everybody, I just want to let you know the whole thing was a bit to prove how insane all of you are. I'm a conservative Christian, have been the whole time, <laughs> and then have them just be like, huh? like the idea that." You could increasingly increment the insanity, the insults, the degradation, and you would keep supporting it proves the point. It'd so like hilarious. you don't see with Dylan Mulvaney, a calm, rational person saying, we just want to live like that's the argument they like to make. No, Dylan Mulvaney like does the most shockingly offensive things possible, mm -hmm. the most insulting ways possible. Well, that's the state of things, I suppose. How about that? Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com. Click that Join Us button. Become a member. Because at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have a members-only uncensored show on the front page of the website. It is live. And if you've been a member for at least six months or you sign up at the $25 level, you can actually submit questions and maybe even call into the show. We only choose about four or five every night. So I'm, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but we try to get as many new people in as possible. And I think it's the most fun portion of the day when you guys get to talk to us on the show. And of course, once that wraps, it's available in the archive forever for you to go back and watch later. All right, let's jump to those super chats. Freedom Jeffrey 1776 says, hi, Tim. Thank you for a great show in Austin. Hopefully many more to come. And thank you for letting me plug my YouTube channel. Absolutely. And we are going to have a show. I think the next one's going to be in Florida. But that won't be for a while. So we're, we're, we're half a year away from that event. But I'm really excited for that one. It should be even bigger. All right. Black Shadow 164 says, hey, Tim, big fan of the show. Matt Walsh should debate, should debate Jordan Klepper live. Expose the Daily Show. Also, a brewing company should sponsor Andrew Tate. <laughs> sure, I guess. That's up to him and a brewing company. Uh, I don't think Klepper would ever agree to do a, a debate with Matt Walsh. The same reason every every one of these leftists or, you know, faux leftist default liberals won't do it is because they're woefully unprepared and incapable of defending indefensible ideas. So that's why I think Bill Maher is forced to come around because you can't I w so here's the way I describe Bill Maher. I think he knew for a while that he was playing dirty games and just siding with liberals. But, you know, he was able to get away with it. But there came a certain point where it's like you cannot fool all of the people all the time. So he had to be like, OK, well, that one's true. And then once you say that, it's like, OK, well, that one's true. OK, well, that one was true. OK, well, Trump never did that. OK, I agree with you on that. Now he's at the point where he's like, I don't think they're giving lap dances. And Winsome Sears like, you got to read more. And he's like, OK. Now he's getting to the point where it's like, you can't deny it. You can't pretend like it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's there's always like the, you know, there's no, I don't really see personally a, a pipeline going back towards the left. You see it occasionally, make one or two odd YouTubers, but you only see the pipeline going towards the red pill being awakened in the matrix. You don't see it the other way. Well, it's like you were saying, Xavier, that uh, you tried to debunk Candace Owens and you ended up debunking yourself. Yeah, it was a fight for my life trying to defund or to uh, debunk those videos. And what I loved about the PragerU videos, especially, is because they had all their sources there. So I was going to go as deep as debunking their sources, and it was a wild process, to be honest. Well, it's it's actually really simple. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the what I call the freedom faction, you don't actually have to agree on the opinion, just the fact. Mm-hmm. So if Candace Owens comes out and says, Michael Brown never had his hands up. Eric Holder is the one who actually released the report saying he did not have his hands up. And then if you're on the left, you're saying that's not true. Let me let me debunk that. And you pull it up and go, oh, that act actually is true. Candace Owens opinion could be that Darren Wilson was a good person or a bad person, but it doesn't matter. The argument is over whether the facts she stated exists. Hey, if it turns out if Candace Owens said something like, uh, you know, she thinks that uh, you should drink out of glass bottles because plastic bottles ha- are bad for you. You can be like, okay, well, the fact is that plastic bottles do leach phthalates and all this stuff. But my opinion is that I don't think it's, it's the effect is that pronounced and you're probably fine. Now, in, in reality, I'm, I'm actually in favor of glass bottles. That's what we have them. But my point is Candace Owens is not going to politically argue with you over a minor, like, I guess my point is this. I sat down with um, Glenn Beck and we discussed abortion, pro-life versus pro-choice. And we smiled. We talked it out. We agreed on the basic facts. And then we disagreed, disagreed on the philosophy of government's role and how to deal with these things and smiled and shook hands. There's no anger. There's no animosity. There was no resentment. It was just like, thank you for helping me understand your opinion on moral philosophy. I don't see it that way. I disagree with you. And I'm like, wow, I now understand your moral philosophy. Opinion is opinion. But we agree on the facts. That's the, that, that's the thing about where we are. We can all disagree on our opinions on where things you know, should, how they should be implemented. But as long as we agree on what is, we're fine. The left doesn't understand what is. They, don't, they believe fake things all the time. How do you, how do you, how can someone have an opinion if they don't know what actually happened? They can't. I mean, that's why they use terms like his truth, her truth. They're trying to make the truth objective because the only way for them to justify their stances or sorry, subjective or subjective is if they are able to just move what the facts are every single time they have a debate about something. Yeah. They believe that the, the the truth is downstream from power, so they believe that if they say right, things, exactly. they can create a, a world the way they want just by speaking it into reality. Right. Gabby Hayes says, "What up, Brett? Tim, your convo with Peter last week was nuts and gave me chills. Love Timcast and Pop Culture Crisis. Thanks for everything you guys do. Which portion of it was it? The algorithmic manipulation one or the war one? Because the war one, I got I get super triggered." Basically, if anyone ever comes to me and they're like, I support war and I'll, and I'll, I'll be like, OK, why? And then they're like, no reason at all. Just because the government told me to. I'm just like, that, that's it. I'm, I'm officially angry. Yeah, I, yeah I, I do not believe you have a right to advocate for the bombing of civilians, women, children, or, or for that matter, even our adversaries, unless you can justify why it is in the same vein that if a dude shoots another dude, you have to you have to justify the self-defense. You can't just be like, I don't know. I'm like, no, nah, I don't. Look, I, I, I agree with your right to bear arms. I agree with your right to self-defense. But you can't just walk up to a guy and attack him. So if the United States wants to use the weight of government to go to war, and that's basically what we talked about in the members-only portion, he was like, "Why do you?" Here's what happened. For, you guys should, should watch it actually if you want to see me get triggered and talk about Ukraine. Basically, what happened was Peter Bogosian, uh, smart, smart guy, he's a cool guy, is of the view that wokeness derives from the universities, and I said a portion of it in terms of some of its, you know, faux ideology. But wokeness itself is a result of the algorithm manipulating people. And wokeness is better described as cult-like adherence to liberal social orthodoxy. 
And then I said, the best example of this is people putting Ukraine flags in their bios. There is a one for one, for the most part, overlap between woke people and support for the war in Ukraine. And then he said, I don't understand why you're lumping those things together. And I was like, because there's literally no reason to support war in Ukraine. There's like a few neocon, neolib arguments about Russian expansionism, whatever. But whenever I ask any of these people, why should I care about Estonia? They can't give me an answer. There's like, well, but Europe. I'm like, bro, that's not an answer. It, is Estonia delivering us grain? Do they deliver us fertilizers? Is it going to deeply impact our economic situation? Give me an answer. They don't have one. And so my point is, if you've got someone claiming critical race theory, critical gender theory, pro-war in Ukraine and Trump sucks, there's clearly no link between these things in university. It's all algorithms. And then from that, he said he disagreed. He supports the war in Ukraine. And then I said, okay, I think this is Ukraine derangement syndrome. We had this like two hour long debate over it was good. War. It was good. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is. All right. You guys should watch it. So I don't just rehash the whole thing and then we'll read some more. <laughs> Hillbilly Clinton says, if it wasn't for the algorithms, I would have never found your show a few years ago when I did. So at least they did something right. Love you all. God bless. Yes, I agree with that. But here's the thing. We are like booted from the algorithm now. So uh, what, what, what basically happens, actually, let me let me give you a really good example. If you've noticed, uh, this channel has, I think, like 1.46 million subscribers, despite the fact that we get like a million plus views per day and we are consistently the most viewed live <coughs> show. I think I think we have on average the highest live audience every single night, Monday through Friday on YouTube in the night slot. In, yeah. in, in the night slot, right. Yeah. There's other shows that get way more views. And if like Red Bull doesn't, they'll get like millions of live viewers. Right, right, right. But we consistently average way higher than most people. How is it that we don't have the same level of sub subscriber growth than a bunch of these other channels on the left that get no views? I so wonder. like, I wonder, I, I wonder, you know what I mean? <laughs> wonder why. And it's obvious people complain all the time that even though they're subscribers and they watch every day, YouTube won't send them a notification for the show and they have to go and try and find it. Many people have pointed out that even when we are live, they can't find the link. So, you know, what we had to do to counter this Timcast.com now plays the embedded live show on Timcast.com. So whenever people are like, yo, it's not even popping up on your YouTube channel. It's like, go to Timcast.com. It's there. Yep. And then they're able to watch it despite the fact that YouTube's doing something. They're doing something. So yeah, that's the game they play. All right. Sideways says, just found Xavier's channel and content like a week ago. Big fan. And I'm really glad you were able to see things from both sides. What kinds of content would you recommend to show what you discovered? Well, definitely PragerU.com. Those five minute videos are incredible. And even the archives of like the Candace Owens show that I would watch on there, um, Fireside Chat, Unapologetic with Amala, she is amazing. Um, all of those will give you really just quality context and they'll also give you the sources so that you can do your own research because we don't want you to just watch our videos and have that be the end all be all. But if you go through those five minute videos, it's much more productive than going to a university half the time now. The stories of us videos are good too, with mm -hmm. people telling their stories about how they noticed culture was changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my stories of us video yeah. just came out last week. Yeah. Um, so please go watch that on PragerU.com. And if you have kids, go to PragerUKids.com. They have kids content where it's all about, you know, American values, history, and none of the woke propaganda that you're seeing on channel or channels like Disney now. So highly recommend going to PragerUKids.com if you're a parent. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. said, Don Jr. was just on the show talking about not backing down. Now, because of donations, he wants folks to back down. 
Why does the right lose? Because people like Don Jr. take uh, people like John Jr. take a walk. Don Jr. I like Don Jr. And I got to be honest, I listened uh, to a bit of his argument, and uh, I I I was actually almost convinced because I was thinking like the media is reporting that Budweiser apologized, even though they didn't. And I'm like, is that a PR victory? I mean, it might be enough for the for the narrative when when the media is saying Budweiser apologizes. They didn't. But you could call it that because they said we didn't mean to be divisive, which shows regret for sponsoring Dylan Mulvaney, in which case it's like, do you do you do you do you take the win right now, even though it's not the win you're hoping for, but you can claim it as a victory or do you push it harder and maybe, you know, double risk, you know, double or nothing and lose it all in the end, however, I think the end result should be if they really do sponsor Republicans or donate to Republicans more, then we actually have more leverage. Don Jr.'s argument should be the inverse. He should be saying, double down on your boycott because it turns out Budweiser is desperate for Republican support. This means we can easily win this one. So here's my point. If Budweiser really is scared and it's the easiest thing in the world in terms of the culture war battle to win because all you gotta do is buy a different beer and tack onto the fact that Budweiser actually depends on Republicans for their support legislatively, that just means that it's twice as easy to win. Now, what should happen is Don Jr. should have come out and said, oh, hey, Bud, you know, you're sponsoring a bunch of Republicans. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to all those Republicans and tell them to kick your money back unless you apologize. Then Budweiser would be like, okay, you win because they don't give money for nothing. They're giving money to the Republicans because they expect something to happen for them. If these Republicans said, no, 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 Budweiser, Anheuser Bush, you get nothing from us anymore. No penny is going to earn you any favors because I will lose my reelection if I support you. I'll, I'll, let's, let's make, let's, let's one up this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's one thing you can do. First, if you really want to win this one, it's simple. Don't buy Anheuser Bush products until they formally apologize. Two, if you're more keen to be productive and active, Find out if your local representative, senator, congressman, mayor, whoever, is a Republican that receives any kind of funding from Anheuser-Busch or from a political action committee or super PAC that receives money from Anheuser-Busch and then demand that politician reject that funding or denounce it at the very least. If a PAC is receiving funding from Anheuser-Busch and they think it's support a Republican, demand of those Republicans, they denounce those PACs. That will send chills down the spine of the CEO of Anheuser-Busch, and they'll apologize in two seconds because that means they're going to lose, like make it politically toxic for any politician to associate in any way with Anheuser-Busch. That's what Don Jr. should have said. Oh, they need our help. They're they're paying for it. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I like Don Jr., but how spineless was it to be like, guys, guys, but they give us money. I don't care. That means they need something from you. Look. If I had a customer come into my bakery and say, I, I pay my bills, you better do as I say. I'd be like, you know what? I just found out I don't need your money. Get out. You're banned for life. Don't come in here and spit in my face. You know what I mean? Like a contract between two parties is a mutual exchange. Your money helps my business, but my business provides a service for you in exchange. Imagine calling a plumber over to your house and then just insulting him the whole time. And then he's like, well, I'm going to leave. No, you can't leave. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that. I'm sorry, man. Put the pressure on. Anyway, let's read some more. All right, what do we got here? Korak says, boycott has Bush between a rock and a hard place. 
We are right at summertime cookouts, fishing parties, etc. <laughs> they need to feel the hurt and we're close. No joke. It was so beautiful out today. It was a crisp 60 degrees. The trees are all green. The pollen was everywhere. Now sneezing up a storm. But we're already talking about when we're going to have this barbecue. Maybe Friday. Have a barbecue. Maybe they call it a barbecue, but a grill. A grill. You know, get a bunch of burgers. We got the picnic table outside. Cookout. Get some yeah, cookout. Yeah. And we're going to have to get some beers. Am I invited to the cookout? Absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 uh, but you got to bring the beer. And you're, not, and you're not bringing Anheuser. I wouldn't in the first place. <laughs> I have self-respect. So uh, we'll do a big cookout. You know what we should do? You know what we should do? We should do a really big cookout, like an event. We should find a local park, plan it for like a week or two. And then maybe, maybe it would have to be this weekend, like on a Saturday. See if we can just be like, we're doing a big meetup. We're going to grill. Everybody's invited. Bring the beer and not Anheuser. <laughs> we'll set a $50,000 budget for this, for our beer, and we'll build a mountain of Coors Light. <laughs> and I'll stress this too. People have pointed out that Coors has done pride commercial stuff. Oh, I don't care about that. Literally don't care if an alcohol beverage is advertising to adults who are LGBTQ. That's, that's great. It's different. They're people. They drink beer. That's fine. Yeah, it's I'm Dylan saying. Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is insulting and advertising stuff to children. I'm, I'm not, not, nah, get out of here. Not interested. Not interested. Yeah, it's not the same thing. People often conflate it. It's just not the same. All right. Let's see what we got. Sir Neoff Strife says, hey, Tim, have you been watching Picard season three? They got a new director so far. It's uh, been a love letter to the t to uh, the next generation fans. Since you talk about the next generation a lot, I think you'll like it. I highly recommend watching episode nine because it comments on modern culture war they just pointed out. I think uh, I've been watching it, but I, I don't think I've seen episode nine. Um, I skipped season two, though. Yeah, season two was the one where they go back in time to stop Trump. I, was that, is that what it was? Yeah. I, I have a rule that you get one episode to hook me. If you can't hook me in one season, you don't get a season two. Well, the first one I thought was fun because it was just like, hey, remember this? Remember that? And I'm like, ah, it was the good old days, you know? Then season two was like something happened in the past that turned Earth into an Earth supremacist country. We have to go back in time and stop Donald Trump from winning the presidency. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, okay, dude, I'm not going to watch that. And I didn't. So, you know, whatever. But uh, season three I'm, is fine. Um, although I vaguely remember it at this point. Yeah. I don't know. What is it like? They're, they, they commandeered some ship. They tricked some guy and then they're chasing after Picard's son or something. None of the, none of the new stuff. I am finally starting Stargate though. Stargate um, SG-1 yeah, is yep. amazing. I'm finally, I'm finally forcing myself to, because I had seen season one and I'm now starting to make my way through it a little bit at a time. It's cool because they take like sci-fi conspiracy and turn it into a show, mm. you know? So a lot of these weird kooky, I hate calling them conspiracy theories because believing that aliens planted the seeds of life on earth isn't a conspiracy. Like the aliens didn't come together and say, no one kids, no, it's like, it's not criminal in any way. It's just like a weird hypothesis, I guess. So outlandish theories. Yeah. I'm not sure. What. But is it even outlandish or is it just like, like highly improbable? Obscure. Obscure, improbable Obscure theories. There you go. I guess you could like absurd would be like flat earth or something. Absurd would be flat earth. Yeah. Yeah. I like donut earth theory. The earth is both flat and, and hollow. Round. Hollow. <laughs> flat and hollow. It's a donut. You know, donut earth. There's actually pictures online of donut earth. Yeah, so many. <laughs> it's clearly not a donut because you'd see the gap of the donut when you like went to certain places. 
you'd be like <clears throat> looking forward and you'd see a floating column in the sky, you know? Does somebody like fall through the hole in the donut if they just walk off the edge? What would the gravity be like if yeah. Earth was a donut? Could you like <laughs> float in the middle? Would there be air? Over to the other side. I suppose like there would be a spot in the center where you could be suspended. It's both flat and hollow. Aaron Preston says, Phil, two weeks and this calling are absolute banger songs. Your transition from scream to clean is amazing. Cheers. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And we're just listening to it uh, before the show because <laughs> I took All That Remains in the weekend and I merged the voices into one voice and it was like just a different voice. It didn't work. I don't know. <laughs> we yeah, should do we, a little more though. Yeah, we used Eleven Labs to take clips of the weekend and all that remains and put them together. And it was just, it sounded like a weird guy. I don't know. <laughs> there was a little bit of him in there. <clears throat> yeah. And there was also a weird distortion in the background, I think, from the music playing. Maybe, yeah. Let's see what we got. Super 503 Dank says, have this guest back for the Culture War podcast. It'd be a good one. Uh, I agree. Yeah, we should uh, our, have you back for the Friday morning show. And we can talk about like all the BLM stuff more one-on-one. Sounds good to me. Yeah. This one's more of like the news subjects of the day and stuff. All right. KCB says, just paid 120 bucks for 24 ultra right beers. So be it. I think I'm going to order some. Yeah. Yeah, I think I should. You know, because we normally uh, go to local breweries and we stock up on beer for guests with just, you know, but uh, everybody's been very good about not drinking alcohol and not drinking beer. And so we just never got more. But, uh, you know, some guests like a nice, a nice beer. We'll get the ultra right. There's a lot of people on the right that have have moved away from drinking alcohol and stuff like that. I think a lot of people in general have. Like Whoopi Goldberg said she quit drinking. Yeah. Yeah. People just don't drink. It comes up at least once an episode. It seems like it comes up for me at least once an episode that yeah. I have to end up mentioning that like being in recovery just means no drinking. So Bud Light doesn't really affect me at all. Yeah. 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 yeah I but I did have a uh, an apple cider this weekend. Cider. Because I'm nice. not, you know, like I'll drink periodically and it was fun. Hanging out with the boys, playing poker and having an apple cider. So yeah, it was good fun. Got a uh, cooler a couple, a couple times, but won some money. It was had a good time. Yeah. All right. Daniel says, I'm a black progressive metal rock musician, but I've always been considered an outsider for some reason. I don't know what it takes to break the mold of the stereotypes. By the way, Tim, are you bringing in musicians to help with the movement and culture? Yes. Um, we got a couple songs in the works. We're talking about doing a cover, maybe. Yeah, we're going to do uh, Phil's helping out with one of the songs that we like half wrote. I think we're doing pain on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a riff that I really like. It's like a story that I really like for a song, but it's not one that I felt like I could do. Phil's gonna do it your courses are good i'll just do some uh verse stuff some, some shouty stuff it'll come it'll come out cool yeah we'll see okay. and then uh carter's got a preliminary version of like an electric dance song that we're mm-hmm. putting together so we we're, were we started with a few songs we did three songs of mine and we're trying to advance into other areas and bring in more people you know who i would absolutely just absolutely love to get to to work with on guitar and i don't even know if it's possible but i'm just gonna say it uh What's his? Is it Josh Faro, the former Paramore guitarist? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's his name. Yeah, he's got. He wrote good guitar, and I'm. Th- I'm like, I'm just gonna say it because maybe there's a possibility. I'm assuming he's a Trump supporter. He's <laughs> watching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? But he had some of the best, like some really amazing guitar stuff. Let's uh, let's let's do cool cool things, man. Let's read some more uh, super chats. Reed Weber says Florida passed a bill. That would allow for the death penalty for sexual assaults on kids 12 and under. I know you oppose the death penalty, but I'm cheering. <laughs> my, my issue is not with... Okay, so here's, here's, here's the thing you got to understand. Uh, someone who abuses children 
you're like, they should get the death penalty. I'm like, okay, I hear you. I totally understand. My issue is not whether or not you think the crime justifies death. It's whether or not the state can actually prove the crime. And the idea of someone like Kamala Harris being in charge of murdering people freaks me out. That's I, simply put. I say it like this all the time. I, I don't endorse the state killing people, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people that haven't earned death. Like there well, are plenty like, of people that deserve to die. True. People who kill other people. People Children, who yeah. torture, rape, murder, war criminals. Like there's a reason why the death penalty is a thing that through due process, it is determined that you have forfeit your right to life because of the egregious crimes against the world. Mm. Uh, the problem is like if, if I'm if, if I'm dealing with like a war or if I see a guy like literally about to kill a child, like you got to stop that person. Yep. You don't want them to die. But you're going to do what you have to do to save that child's life or the victim or whatever. The problem is when you take a guy, I'm, I'm, I walk into a courtroom and I sit down and Kamala Harris goes, see this guy over here? <laughs> well, he beat a kid, so he should die. And I'm like, lady, I don't believe you. I, I, I don't believe you. Like, sorry, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. There are people who point out there's like sometimes it's extremely definitive. And I'm like, that's that's the thing, right? It's like there's 10 witnesses. Here's a clean two hour live stream of the guy doing it. He then runs at the camera, says his name, his date of birth and his social security number. And it's like, OK, well, that I get. But that's like not how it really works. Yeah. So the issue is it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. And if the system is in place as such that innocent people can be put to death, I just can't support it. End of story. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. We'll read some more Super Chats. Uh, the one that one gamer says, I heard you guys talk about religion a lot recently. I'd like to recommend Michael Jones of Inspiring Philosophy. He's openly stated he, <clears throat> he's willing to come on the show. Could be a great show. I think that would be great for the Culture War podcast. Maybe what we should do is we should get him on with Ian and Seamus. Yeah, and Seamus. Really Seamus is back this weekend, by the way. Is yeah. he? Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know how long he's going to be around for, but uh, we've we, we successfully tricked him. We told him that... Uh, we got him an all-expenses-paid trip to the Bahamas for vacation, but really, we're going to have the airline reroute him back here. back here. And then when he lands, he won't know, and we're going to shuffle him into a car and then drive him here, and then he won't realize till it's too late. So. Smart. It'll work. Yeah. And then he'll just, you know, wake up in here, and he'll be like, where am I? What's going on? And we'll be like, be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah. You know. Thousand Foot Deep End says, people who wonder if the glass is half empty or half full miss the point. The glass is refillable. Unknown. True. Oh, I like I that one. That's that good. Before. That's nice. The glass is refillable. Unless like you're in the desert. You know, then you're then you're in trouble. <laughs> then you all know. you've got is water left because of climate change and it's just just the glass can't be filled at all or it's too full. The pessimism will just always win through for that type of person. If you're pessimistic, it's never gonna change for a lot of them. Peter A says Scott Galloway was on modern wisdom. And in his interview, he both states he's on the far left, his words, and his goal in life is to be effing rich. Also his words, they will come for him too. What a what a paradoxical statement. I don't think these people know exactly what who they're talking the, about. Who is that they said? Scott that? Galloway, the guy who tweeted about drag shows for kids. Oh, okay, or right. Yeah, and he said conservatives are living in a different century. Mm. It's like out the 22nd century, they're in the future, because in the future, this stuff's not going to be allowed. <laughs> these people keep saying stuff like, We're, you're on the wrong side of history. And I'm like, I'm kind of not convinced that's true, dude, because the polls suggest you are, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I watched a video that Red Yard made, the um, What If All History guy, about yeah. like the future and how he's pointing out that like people that are triggered by like, how strong disgust is as a trigger. 
and people are they're making this faction the left is making a faction of people that are all like the deplorables essentially literally right. the basket of deplorables and then saying you know love us be our friends we're the one we're the ways to go but it just doesn't history if you know history it doesn't turn out like that yeah nope. never does all right everybody if you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button then head over to timcast.com click join us become a member to help support our work support our cultural endeavors but more importantly you will get access as a member to the members only uncensored show which will be live in about 10 minutes on the front page of timcast.com and if you've been a member for at least six months or sign up at the $25 level, you get instant access to the VIP chat room where you can submit questions and possibly be one of our nightly callers to actually talk with us and our guest. It's the most fun thing of the night, in my opinion, of the whole day. So I'm, I'm really excited to have uh, y'all call in. It's the, it is the it is the most interesting. But uh, also, Coffee Shop is currently underway in West Virginia. We're going to have a gaming club, social club with some poker tables. We're working on getting licensing for actual cash games. It's going to be uh, one of the most fun things ever. And I'm, I'm very confident. When I went to uh, MGM National Harbor, I was playing uh, old 1-3 Texas Hold'em. A lot of people there knew who I was and were fans. And it was really cool to play a couple games with some fans. And I'm fairly confident that this social club is going to be a huge success. We're going to be able to bring people together who are like-minded and building that community is the most important thing because you're in a culture war. You got to make culture. So member at TimCast.com, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel. You can follow us at TimCast IRL on Instagram and Facebook or wherever else. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Xavier, do you want to shout anything out? Of course. Thank you again for having me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Xavier. It's a regular spelling. It's X-A-V-I-A-E-R. And you can find me on Twitter at Xavier D. Right on. I am Phil Labonte. Phil that remains on Twitter. Phil that remains official on Instagram. The band is all that remains. ATRHQ on Twitter. All that remains on Instagram. Perfect. Uh, guys, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brett Dasvik on both. And please join me and Mary on Pop Culture Crisis Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on YouTube. See you there, guys. Uh, I'd also like to shout out Carter Banks' father, Guy Banks. He was really nice to us on uh, the trip back in uh, Texas. And it is his birthday. It was his birthday on Sunday. Shouts out. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, that's all. I'm Surge.com. Follow me if you want to. Right on. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in about 10 minutes. Thanks for hanging out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.